Right. In which case, I think we can just fucking go for it, can't we? We'll just start recording my birthday podcast. <laughs> happy birthday to Phil. Phil, happy birthday to Phil. Phil, happy birthday, dear Philip, who is older than me, not by a lot, but just happy birthday to Phil. Conquistables. Tonight, for the first time ever, the Conquistables go back to back. WCW as they enter the War Games 1992. Entering the cage tonight, the P Man Cameron Phillips. The Enforcer, Phil Doyle. Only tonight, on The Conquistables. Right, a couple of points. Number one, having one person sing happy birthday, that's... But the effort counts. That's yeah? not ideal. Um, no. Number two, do we, have, do we have to point out I'm the oldest... The Elder Statesman, as it were, the podcast? Well, you'd, do, we, you'd, do we have to? It's not like a big, massive gap. Yeah, but, you know, just putting out I'm closer to death. Because what, Al's September? So I always thought Al has been, like, ageless. You know what I mean? Well, he, he, as an entity, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but he as his like Silent his, Bob, he just existed throughout time. Well, yeah, but his physical form... <laughs> this physical is, form. ...does does age. Yeah. Um, he's kind of like Matt Hardy in that he has the vessel... <laughs> <laughs> or, or the oh, kind speaks, of rune man he speaks Geordie instead of the broken yeah he speaks instead of that kind of South African English thing that Matt Hardy does delete uh, delete delete, delete. delete. <laughs> yeah delete man um, <laughs> that's the one that's it yeah get it on the t-shirt write that down delete man spooky gonna, man spooky man delete fucking the tide is all deleted deleted fucking the tide is deleted <laughs> delete man why isn't he here Come on, this is gold. I don't know. I don't know why he's not here. He, he kind of. I'll tell you why he's not there. Because he's deleting the fog. Probably. He's out eating it or something. God, can you imagine? I just imagine Al coming to work with like a big white streak through his hair. Yeah, he's got to be. Having fallen in the. Out, going to get out of the bath or something, you know, and just cracking his heat off the side of it. And, can I just have yeah. a, a very quick sidebar Halloween story from work this week? Go on. Um, we've got like a little social board on, up on our wall at work but like you know these things uh, upcoming events and social things there's like a summer quiz that i'm doing there's like a christmas party and everything kind of but for october it's like we do like halloween dress up and on there to kind of uh, illustrate that it's halloween made a picture of grot bikes yeah. oh Grotbikes on yeah there. yeah, Paul yeah. who sadly died this week yeah so someone said oh um we can't have a we took the picture of grot bikes down off the board because quote you can't have people dressing up as a dead person for Halloween. You can't dress up as a dead person for Halloween. Yeah, that really narrows down the choices. That really about. does narrow down everything. You've got... No, they're all dead. All the Halloween people are dead. Yeah, I mean... Right. I'm trying to run through some really obvious Halloween costumes. Like, you can't dress up as, like, vampire, I technically, technically Frankenstein's dead. alive. Is he alive? Yeah, I was just... I was, that was one I was going through in my head, actually. Frankenstein is, is technically, technically alive. Given life, but was 
dead, <laughs> I suppose. But there was different. He was lots of different dead people. He's lots of different lives. So, he, but he becomes one alive. But, but is that is that truly a life? It, you know, it's, this seems weird because I didn't mean this to be a segue. But discussing things that should be dead but are somehow alive kind of brings me towards WCW. I don't know why. <laughs> you know what I mean? Well, this is like it should be dead. The... It should be dead, and it's obviously dead now. But back then, it should have been dead. But somehow, yeah, we're on a continual mission to find decent WCW. And I mean, as as was said um, when I, I sort of made this choice at the last episode, after we did um, the Lethal Lottery uh, Battle Ball, was uh, they seem to be the unofficial rule of one should never go back to back WCW. <laughs> we've never, we, never gone back to back WCW. Never gone back to back WCW. Yet, yet here we are. Here we are, contemplating um, that very dark alleyway. Main, the main reason I wanted to do this one, um, because we will find decent WCW, and I think there's this is one out there. Well, there's, well, there's there's probably a few, but yeah. we haven't found any yet. Um, what I feel like, you I, know, coming to this podcast is like you and me. Well, we've been out to the pub, had a drink, we had a drink in a pub somewhere. We've kind of gone out, and you've gone, "Hey, Phil, I know the shortcut somewhere," and we've gone down the shortcut, and we've been both beaten up and mugged, yeah, left bleeding yeah. on the floor, drag ourselves to our feet, walk down out the other way. And then you go, oh, Phil, I got an idea. There's a shortcut down this way. Down here, there's another shortcut. And I'm like, but we just got beaten up down the last one. Yeah, it's fine. This shortcut's going to be fine. I'm like, is it? You're like, yeah, it's going to be fine. And I don't, I don't trust you. you know is, it mean? The short, is it the shortcut to hospital? It's going to be a shortcut to war. That's what it's going to be. <laughs> to a wrestle war, Phil. On one side, Sting Squadron. Has Sting managed to recruit the athletic talent needed to win this grueling war? On the other side, Paulie's dangerous alliance is Paulie doomed to destruction. We'll find out as WCW presents Wrestle War 92. Right, the reason I wanted to do this one, though, is I remember this main event blowing my mind when I was... I must have been probably about 13. And no. I remember going to my mate Chris Shearer's house. Shout out to Chris Shearer. Um, Chris. And he had this on VHS. And we watched this show in his room one night whilst just eating chips or something nice. after school. And it was amazing and fucking brilliant. Uh, this and is within spitting distance of last the lethal lottery paper, isn't it? I'm it is the, uh... kind of within spitting distance. Well, that was the sort of tail end of '91, wasn't it? And this is the 17th of May 1992. Yeah, uh, we are in the Jacksonville Coliseum in Jacksonville. Of course we are. We can't be like north of the Mason Dixie line, can we? No, 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 not at all, not at all. Uh, we have an attendance of around about six thousand, apparently. Well, uh, um, really? which. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, probably something like I that. I query this. I'm sure there's at some point where they go into the crowd, and that first row is really far back on the hard camera side. Yeah, it might have been slightly massaged with the numbers, but it's still a decent... A wrestling promotion massaging their attendance numbers? I know. I how, know. How, how dare you suggest such a crime would exist? Well, there's every possibility. Every yeah. possibility. Um, But it's it's... The the main crux of this show, uh, what it leads up to, as uh, Tony Schiavone and uh, Eric Bischoff, who seem to be sat in really weird kind of director's chairs. Yeah, they're just like, 
Was it the same thing last month for the Lethal Lot? I think it was. No, well, no, no, no Bishop, Bishop, Bishop and the Tombola was up at the top draw. somewhere doing yeah, the draw with, then, with two mannequins, was, essentially. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Yeah, it was Shivani and um, JR doing the commentary, yeah, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, so, is, a, it, is this a promotion or a demotion for Shivani? Um, what? Uh, Being like, sat next to Bishop. But he, well, I suppose he's not doing play-by-play, but I suppose you'd rather have Ventura there doing play-by-play. Oh, yeah. Having yeah. to listen to him, to him than do... Than Better have... play in the commentary booth. You know, um, yeah. uh, this is, a uh, you know, the team of um, Ventura and Ross. That is a bit of a step-up, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. Because Ventura it's... really does kind of illustrate just how good Ventura was. Yeah, well, Ventura was amazing. Yeah. Love Ventura as a commentator, and even though you know it's not him and Monsoon, him and Ross haven't quite got that chemistry. You know, Ross is still Jim Ross. Ross is well; he's not become he's not the JR. He's, he's still the JR, Jim Ross, but he's still the Southern commentator. But you know, he you know you can tell how good Ross is. Yes, and with a good heel guy next to him in the Super Ventura. Yes, exactly. Yes. I think um, JR worked a hell of. It's kind of similar in a way to the dynamic that JR and Paul Heyman had circa WrestleMania seventeen. Mm. Because it was it was you know the straight laced JR you know wrestling commentator against heel loudmouth that was next to him yeah and it's kind of a prototype of sort of template of what they would have yeah sort of oh and you know Ventura is nuts as well in the opening bit you know he's probably going he's talking about Vietnam well as you know Jim Ross back in 1969 I went to war so I know what war is all about. But now it's 1992, and as you said it, pinfalls don't count. You either submit, quit, and that's what war is all about. And i got to compliment you. That's the most beautiful polka dot tie I've ever seen. Well, thank you very much. He he goes on about how he's been to war. Literal war. Literal war, Vietnam War. Yeah. And, um, you know, he knows what it's like, which is a bit of a weird thing comparing an actual proper global scale, you know, battle to... Quite a nasty, you know, conflict that damaged, yeah. you know, as a, oh, a society. Yeah. Let's be honest with ourselves. Probably, yes, yes. Yeah, fundamentally damaged America's psyche to the point where it is where we are now. Yeah, because because they didn't bloody win. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is probably why. Yeah. <laughs> you mean we can't just march into other countries, shoot brown people, and then that's it? That's it. But that's what we did during World War Two. Yeah, that's what. Come we, on, that's what we're supposed to do. Um, <laughs> it worked. That was. Uh, yeah. yeah so he talks from that to polka dots but yeah then he does say that's the most beautiful polka dot tie i've ever seen to jr who yeah. does have a little kind of polka dot tie I mean, it's nice polka, you know fair play it's, to him yeah, that. it's great but i don't i don't quite understand how that has to be referenced into this it's like is, is this like the slow decline of adventure from wrestling commentator to insane um thingy guy a conspiracy nut conspiracy nut oh yeah 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 what's that program he did the jesse ventura's is it literally that Jesse Ventura's undercover conspiracy? conspiracy I've heard him talk about it. He's been on like the Jericho show a couple of times. Yeah, I saw him go to. Um, he went to Area Fifty. Is it Fifty One or Fifty One? Yeah, Fifty One uh, in Nevada, and he nearly got shot because <laughs> there was like a sniper who was on like. Well, yeah, the, well, he got, he got so close to the perimeter fence that there was actually a sniper who was like. You could, pro- you, you could see the red laser. <laughs> Just, you know, well, you know, Werner Herzog did get shot being into by Mark Commode, so we all know who's better. Yeah, then carried on talking. He carried on talking because um, he's Werner yeah. Herzog. But, well, he is Werner Herzog, yeah. Yeah. Um, I wonder if he does a wrestling podcast. No. Oh, no. Um, uh, it'll be the best one ever. We'd have to just finish because yeah. what would be I mean, the point? 
Yeah, Werner Herzog Heitz- on as a guest. That's what will be the um, point. Yeah, the, the, the main event tonight is uh, the Dangerous Alliance against Sting Squadron. Um, they do raise a slight issue at the start that Sting is coming back early from damaged ribs. They play that, uh, aren't they? Oh, yeah, don't forget which... our rules explanation. Oh, yes. Can't yeah, be I a think... WCW show without a rules explanation. No, Shivani gives up doing halfway through. And close in a cage. Of course, the beginning is war games. It starts with a five minute period. And of course, then they go in one on one based on a coin toss. And Gary Capetta will have the rules, of course, a little bit later on in the telecast. Why do we have to have so many rules? Well, at least it's not. I mean, I know last month we were saying, why does this need two rings? What's, what's the big deal with two rings? Why does it even need two rings? What's this whole thing? Yeah. And here we are again, a, a pay-per-view with two, two rings. Two rings. <laughs> but I would argue again. that this, this one actually needs to have two rings. <laughs> does, does it know? Oh, we'll come to that yes. at some point. Yes, it um, does. Can I just start off by breaking your heart first of all, Cameron? Go on. Firebreaker Chip was on the dark match. I um, just got that up on uh, on Wikipedia. Yeah. Diamond Dallas Page and Thomas Rich defeated Bob Cook and Firebreaker Chip in eight minutes and five in a tag team match for the dark, for the dark match. What a shame. What a shame. Uh, anyway, uh, moving on. I'll break a chip. Anyway, moving on. Our opening contest of the evening is the US tag title match. It's the fabulous Freebirds, who unlike last month's uh, show um, at the Lethal Lottery, are on the same team again. Yeah. Jimmy Garvin and Michael P.S. Hayes. And they are going against Terry Taylor and Greg Valentine. Who, who are, are the champions? Off, yeah. Who are the champions and fresh off their absolutely stunning WWF runs. <laughs> but also, uh, I think last time he was Terry Taylor. Uh, but obviously Terrence Taylor, I forget. But now he's the tailor-made man. He is the tailor-made. I like what they've done there. Yeah, and he looks slick and all that. But the fact that whenever they mention him, they have to refer to him as the tailor-made man. Man. Weighing 236 pounds, the Taylor Made Man. You know, Ross, that polka dot for chief you got would fit right in the Taylor Made Man's smoking jacket. Taylor Made Man. Taylor Made Man. And- the Taylor Made Man. Hayes, a little weight advantage on the Taylor Made Man. Nice shoulder block. He hit the shoulder nice, but you notice the Taylor Made Man immediately sliding to his corner. Taylor Made Man. Whenever he gets into the ring, it's. The Taylor, the Taylor man. Made Man. Yeah. It's, it's just like, oh. It's, why can't that just be a nickname? Why has it got to be his actual name? It's a bit like, we'll get to Z-Man later on. <laughs> for the same reason. But also, like, why is he teaming Valentine? That's a really weird odd pairing. Greg the Hammer and the it Taylor Man. It seems really, really random. Yeah. But it kind of works together. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think both of them are good enough workers. They can, they can, they can make it yeah. work. And, and they've both got kind of these sort of like... Well, I don't. Terry Taylor does carry off the kind of cocky bastard quite well. Yeah. Greg that would be a good so gimmick much. for him. Like he was good in that gimmick, but he's, yeah, called, yeah, yeah, he's yeah. called the Taylor Made Man. Yeah. <laughs> uh, which does beg the obvious question: Taylor Made by who? Exactly. What does that even uh, mean? Yeah, and and if you get something Taylor Made, you're usually having it to fit you. Yeah. So Ironically, who, his gimmick is not Taylor Made. No. He can't be tailor-made because otherwise someone would have wanted him made to fit a purpose to their own end. Oh, you're going down. You, you, you're, I can feel your mind breaking at the gimmick there, Cameron. I'm just, I'm I'll kind of, back I'm, in. I'm, dis- I'm dissolving this gimmick slowly. I'll bring you back in with trivia. Uh, the referee, yeah. see who that was? It's Bill Alfonso. Bill Alfonso, the, 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 the man, uh, you see this man who calls it straight down the middle? 
Calls it straight down the middle, yeah. And he will know, later on manage Sabu and Rob yeah. Van Damme. And he's but still... also, more importantly, he uh, was at WrestleMania 9 refereeing the Undertaker Giant Gonzalez match. He, was he? Yes, he was. He's I did not pick that up at all. There you go. I've watched that match probably about three or four times and never noticed. Because you like, cause you just got your hand over your face going, why? Yeah, why yeah, yeah. You painted you're, like watch, that? you're watching it through your fingers going, why has he got hairy bits on why his shoulder? Why he got hairy bits? Stuff on his crotch. What's going on? Speaking of crotches, Michael P.S. Hayes. Well, I was going to say that the, the Freebirds are introduced during their entrance as the greatest rock and roll band of all time, but uh-huh. Jimmy Garvin blatantly has no sense of rhythm. <laughs> are you sure? Blatantly. He's got a he's got wrestler's rhythm. That's what he's got. Yeah, well, it's kind of like he's there going... PSAs hasn't hand. really got that much more rhythm, has he? To be, to Not be fair really, to no. They are like a really weird... It, it, you know, to put the gimmick on them as a kind of musical rock band and they're really kind of not got any kind of musical no. ability whatsoever. No. And there we go. I'll put it down here. Taylor looks like a proto Triple H. Yeah, it, yeah, like the uh, early Triple H. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he does. He does. Yeah. Um, the free birds scream absolute nonsense into the camera when they get in the ring. I didn't actually pick up what the f- no clue they were talking just about. A little bit of just nonsense, I think. And where have I got here? I have actually got my notes. The referee is Bill Alfonso. Yeah. Um, I've got loads of arm bars on um, Taylor Made Man. Yeah, I have got loads of arm bars. Taylor and Hayes start. Hayes dances. Hayes um, whips. Hayes whips Taylor at the ropes. Tag to Valentine, who ends up colliding with Taylor. Um, there's a little bit further down here after a few moves. I'll put, are these rings smaller? Well, the WCW I don't know if we rings that, this last month. They're small. The WCW rings were 16 footers, I think, from what I recall, or 18 footers. But were they? Would it have been a 16 foot ring on a one ring show in WCW? I would have thought they would have just been there. Or have rings. they strung, have they used two smaller rings because they knew there was going to be two together? But that like, makes the sense. I'm asking is there seems to be a lot of moments in this match where they can't get the pacing right when they're running the ropes yeah there's a couple of old and kind of near collisions is that the fact like when they're trying to run the ropes they kind of go oh shit there's another ring there what do i do no they kind of run <laughs> the ropes and then someone like the the other guy will kind of duck under them yeah but then the guy running will come off the ropes and then suddenly they're like oh shit he's there <laughs> and i think well then you know another foot or two away yeah well, maybe, I don't, don't know, maybe they would be, but then that would seem to be stupid, but then it's WCW, which makes sense. No, it's WCW, that's what I mean. Yeah. 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 Um, there's a moment, pretty early in the match, Valentine looks pretty fucking knackered already. <laughs> but After he doesn't look as pissed minutes. off as he was when he was teamed with Honky Tonk, though. Well, yeah, but I think he that's because... angry with it, like, you know, just annoyed yeah, to be there. they were forcing some shitty Elvis gimmick on him, and he <laughs> blatantly didn't want if you want you know how when you sort of like um, have examples of wrestlers who are given gimmicks yeah and they live the gimmick well Terry Taylor's in the ring for Christ's sake come on well yeah, yeah, yeah. well he, he this is a man who a few years ago in WWE was a chicken I was, was a literal chicken yeah was, rooster. You know, going on a barnyard and all this kind of yeah. shit but anyway um, you know but it's like when people say um, if anyone other than Mark Calloway was given the Undertaker gimmick at Survivor Series 1990, it probably wouldn't have worked. Yeah, that's true, yeah. What, but because Mark Calloway took on, he was the Undertaker, he yeah. was undead kind of thing, it he worked, it people believed in it, and that's why it lasted for 25 yeah, when years. you don't believe in it, that's the trouble, isn't it? Yeah. I think the archetypal polar opposite of that is Greg Valentine being in rhythm and blues? Yeah, does not because he blatantly did not want that gimmick. <laughs> you know what? When uh, when a hon- uh, honky tonk comes to the Gloucester Comic Con October, I might ask him about it. Yeah. Hey, honky. What about that Valentine tag team, Renee? Whoa. Take Will a little you... dictaphone and record it for the podcast. I'll try. He'll probably just ignore me. Probably. He'll just go. 
you pay your money or something like that. Is now a good time to mention our Metro at Seven last month, by the way. Anyway. And he's, really, re- and he's a really nice like, man. The worst thing is, like, on my, like, you know, the on this day on Facebook, it was me showing, like, a couple of years ago, showing a poster for uh, New Japan coming to Gloucester. That that fell through. Yeah. And on the poster is AJ Styles, Nakamura, Okada, Tanahashi. And I bet Shibata would have been there as well, because why not? And Probably. it fell through. And, yeah, that's never going to happen now, is it? Was that because the promoter didn't even have the money to book them? Um, they came, they, they've been the year before. Like, Tanahashi and Styles have been there the year before. Um, right, okay. But I think they just, um, I think the promotion's close, man. I never really got the bottom of it. It's like, oh, fuck. Oh, never mind. I was, never that, mind. I was that close, Cameron. That close. You were that close. That close. But anyway, let's talk about Greg the Hammer Valentine instead. Match. Lots of arm bars again. Lots of, it's, 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 it's an old, because, you, you know, people in the ring, it's an old school work match. There's no kind of, you know, messing around. It's just. Oh, no, no. It's a good, it's a good. Good, solid, old school match. match. It's obvious from the last couple of pay-per-views. They've obviously decided that the free birds are the sort of wrestlers who can go out and give a good solid fifteen minute opener. Yeah. Plus I think at this point they've they still got cachet yeah. for a pop. Yeah. Especially in the South. I mean this kind of region of that this part, you know, what would have been I suppose one of the hot territories, they still got enough, you know, as an opening act to kind of get everybody on their feet. Yeah, uh I put Hayes nearly gets a DDT on Valentine, but Taylor forearms him. Valentine gets two out of this. Um, Valentine gets struck in the balls mm-hmm. uh, Taylor rakes to Hayes' eyes uh, Taylor with a gut wrench power bomb for two uh, Valentine figure four to Hayes but Garvin makes the save um, Hayes whipped into the turnbuckle bounces out so hard Valentine has to put the brakes on <laughs> um, Hayes rams Taylor at the corner uh, Garvin in who goes to completely to town and then the ending the finish comes Valentine trips Garvin as Taylor drops the knee on the back of his head. That looks really nasty, that does. It does look really like a nasty, actually. Yeah. And then Garvin hits the DDT on Taylor for three. The crowd are bonkers. They go nuts for him, don't they? They do go properly off the scale um, for them. This isn't even the proper tag belts. It's the US tag belts? It's the US tag belts, yes. So this isn't even like... What? Makes no sense. Yeah, it's a bit but of a I guess it's one. the, you know, it's your, it's your Freebirds. Yeah, it's pretty much the Freebirds. That's the Freebirds. That's pretty re- damn cool, actually. Um, and then we're back to... Chuckle um, Brothers, sat in their director's yeah, chairs. Yeah, we're back to Shivoni and Bischoff, who look like you know they're going through the art of the director. <laughs> and um, then they say... <laughs> Bischoff the interviewing Shivoni about his technique. Yeah, kind oh, of... God. <laughs> so when the camera uh, opens that scene, um, how did you uh, manage to light that scene, Shivoni? <laughs> and did that put asses on seats? No, it did um, not. No, it did not. Um, and then they say the mortal words, we're going to see Johnny be bad. Johnny be bad. Johnny be bad. Yeah. Johnny be bad. Um, I'd totally forgotten about this match against Tracy Smothers. Young Pistol um, Tracy, thank you very much. Sorry, Young Pistol Tracy. I think they put, they put the Tracy in quote marks, which is what confused me. Oh, probably. And his name comes up, they put Tracy, like, the, but the, tra- the, the Young Pistol's the nickname. Tracy's like his name. So, yeah, but his actually his name's now apparently Young Pistol. To be fair, it's not a bad name. No, no, it's a bad name. That's not what his mother name. would have wanted. But to it's be just, um, yeah. And then Johnny B. Bad comes out wearing Dalton Castle's cape. Yeah, he does. Yeah, and now there's <sighs> when you watch the old shows. <laughs> there we go. I can feel a hot take coming on here. Yeah, you do get that warning at the start, don't you? Kind of going, you know, this is broadcast. 
the way it exactly was. Yeah. At the t- I, I can't remember the exact wording, but basically, this is broadcast exactly the way it was at the time. Uh, there are it's, it's, it's the Benoit card, isn't WWE. it? Essentially. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Well, it's not just the Benoit card. It's probably this stuff as well. Yeah. When you got like, um, them putting like the women putting money in his knee pads, B-Bad's yeah. knee pads, and the obvious connotation from Ventura that he's gay. Yeah, <gasps> and Vent- Ventura does not like this idea. I'm just saying he's the only guy in the world that has little Richard for a hero. Well, no, because he's been to war, Cameron. He's been to war, he's yeah. Been he's to been to war. Vietnam. There's there no time for funny around like that when you're at war. No, 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 no. You've got to because be serious when have... you're at war. Well, yeah, exactly. We do have Ventura with, uh, Johnny wouldn't mind being called a bridesmaid. May <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, at this stage, posit an opinion? Go on. I would suggest that the glitter gun was more over than Johnny Be Bad. Well, yeah. Because, Pro- like... You know, he's all popular. He's got the glitter gun and all that. I think DDP steals at one point. Goes to WWF. No glitter gun. Pfft. No, there was a kind of... There's a certain level of crowd interaction. I have put down here that... And I think it was Jim Cornette said it. And when Jim Cornette worked for the WWF and Mark Merrow was there, wild man Mark Merrow, Jim Cornette said the problem was that WCW trained people to be characters. Rather than wrestlers. Rather than wrestlers mm. who could take on any character. So when they got Mark Merrill, they found out he was good at being Johnny B. Bad. Yeah. But he was pretty rubbish being anyone else. Yeah. And you can kind of see where he's coming from. Well, he wouldn't, I guess he wouldn't have gone through the territory system of having to get over in different places and towns like He was just brought in as. I think, yeah, he was one of the. the gimmick. Yeah, he was like, yeah, you're this guy now, go yeah. and be him. And that's what the power plant in WCW apparently did a lot of. They just sort of said, right, you're this, be this. Yeah. And as soon as you took that away from them, they didn't know what to they do. They were exposed. Yeah, exactly. Well, uh, Big Show's you know, said that plenty of times anyway. When he, go, when he went from WCW to WWF, it was like night and day, didn't he? he he's been on record saying that a lot of times. Yeah. Like, I, he wasn't quite ready for what you know actual working was like when he got to the to that company. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was Jericho says the same thing in his book as well. Yeah. Jericho says that after about three months of him being in the WF, he was taken to one side by Vince McMahon and just sort of told that he absolutely sucked. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess it's just that environment. It was just, wasn't it? It was just... Yeah, it's just like you did what you did and then that's what you did. Yeah. And that was it. And no one kind of told you to get any better and you know, no one challenged you. Which essentially you describes this match, I think. <laughs> well, this is... it's It's... One of the things is once again, it's like kind of like the opener. It's a solid enough wrestling. Yeah, Smothers is a good heel. He's yeah, yeah, yeah. Smothers is a good heel. Moxley does it, but it's a good elbow drop from the top rope. Um, th- 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 yeah, there is indeed. There yeah. is indeed. And did you I've notice, got... like in the front row, there's like two guys wearing like uh, white suits and bow ties watching this match? I did not notice this. No, I think they're at like the front row of the because this is in the other ring now. Just to clarify for. People. Yeah, they're swapping rings again. Yeah, so they're, they're like sat. I think there's a woman in the middle with like a camera taking some photos of it. So, but they're like proper dressed up for this. And it's like you're in, you're in Jacksonville. Come on, mm. the point. And you're watching Tracy Smothers versus Johnny B. Bad. Well, I must have been excited at the time. Well, I suppose I'll, I'll grant you that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's not bad. Um, what have we got here? Uh, yeah, it's got there. Smothers flying top rope elbow for two. Um, and then goes up again and cross bodies. Um, Johnny B. Bad for two. Um, Smothers with headlock, 
Um, there is a point in this. Ventura does bring up the, the the rather good point. This is why Ventura is so good on commentary. Yeah, he brings up the fact. I don't know if he calls. I don't know if it's called the tutti frutti yet. But they do say he mentions that the punch finishing move that um, Johnny B. Bad does is with a closed fist. Closed fist, yeah. He really, made illegal. Really, yeah, he's really annoyed with it, isn't it? Like the whole time he's like constantly running it down, and he's really pissed off with it. Yeah, that's true. But let's talk about that. It's a closed fist. It's illegal, Jim Ross. Why is he allowed to throw a closed fist illegal punch? This is wrestling. And he's probably, you know, it's one of them things of yeah, he's a heel, but he's probably got a point. Yeah. In that it is, it's a closed fist. <laughs> yeah, because you you can't be doing that, and that, that's how, that's his winner, isn't it? He, he boshes Spence with his closed fist. He does, yeah. He's sure not happy about it. Um, top rope sunset flip um, from Johnny B. Bad, uh, and then a left hook for the three count because he knocks um, uh, Tracy's mother silly, and Ventura still says it's a closed fist. Yeah, and he's right. But well, I think it's a decent enough match. I mean, it yeah. goes on for what about seven minutes? I think it's not. It uh-huh. doesn't, doesn't hang around long enough to you to get annoyed. No, if that makes sense. It's not, it's not offensively bad. It's not for a title. It's just to show off. I think the John B. Bad character was fairly new at this sort of stage. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it's it's not a bad sort of filler bad. kind of match. Really, it's there's a lot worse you could have. Well, speaking uh-huh. of a lot worse, um, after not saying anything at all last show, we got Missy Hyatt as like the backstage interviewer. Yes, um, with the Freebirds. Yeah, and their manager, who wasn't at ringside for their match. No. Does it make any sense to me? Not really, no. And Michael Hayes is just shouting bollocks. I want to say we dedicated this match to Ronnie Van Zandt and the whole Leonard Skinner band. And wasn't it ironic that right here in Jacksonville, where Leonard Skinner was born, where Southern rock and roll emerged, is where the fabulous Freebirds are climbing that stairway back to heaven. And this is only the first step. There's an NWA tag team tournament for the world titles. Guess who's knocking on the door? There's somebody else has the WCW World Tag Team titles. Guess who's knocking on the door? I can't say why we do what we do, but we are the free birds and that's our excuse. Not quite Legion of Doom levels of bollocks. <laughs> but up there. Getting there. But getting there. Yeah. Um, and then we get Eric Bischoff with, in this politically equal 90s, Yes. there's, there's a successful woman behind every man. <laughs> Come on, Bischoff. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Thanks for that. Um, yeah, and then we get our third match of the evening, which is the stunning wonder of Scotty Flamingo. Scotty Flamingo, poor Raven versus, man. Yeah, can you you look at this guy and you're like, Raven, really? Raven. Well, what was he? Johnny Polo was his name? That, Johnny Polo. He, he was Scotty Flamingo in WCW, as it is evidence here. Yeah, he joined the WF and became a manager. Yeah, he was, yeah, he was Adam Bomb manager, wasn't he? Scotty. Because... Um, <laughs> I'm just like thought like you get Raven in and you think oh you know what he can manage Adam Bomb yeah that's that that'll work yeah it was God just... the nineties man were messed up weren't they what yeah, was going it was on weird because he was what he's Johnny Polo wasn't he yeah Johnny Polo which was the same kind of gimmick kind of it was like Scott Flamingo only he wore like like a hat he had a hat yeah he, well he had the kind of sort of well, he had the polo mallet and things like that, didn't he? And yeah, that was yeah, that's because he's called Polo. Therefore, he has yeah, a polo mallet. That's how gimmicks work, Cameron. That's how it's done in the big leagues. 
nowhere near as good as his son Johnny Polo, <laughs> Jackie Polo rather, because <laughs> Jackie Polo's immense. So anyway, just talk about your 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 independent British wrestling pals again. That's how it is, isn't it? Yeah, my independent British wrestling pals. You know, okay. did I tell you I met um, Jackie Polo? So this entire <laughs> they do a tie up. There's a lot of slaps. There is, yeah. They lock up a lot until slapping commences. The slapping. There is just slapping. But uh, talking about, you know, how Ventura can help a show, there's a bit here we kind of goes on about counters. Yeah. And actually, like, he actually makes sense and actually makes it seem like a contest. And the key to that was the reversal as to how he got there. Bagwell trying to go for a headlock. Flamingo slipped right in behind him. Real beautiful move, and both these guys are going at it. Move and counter move, but now we're getting back to the punching again. You know, it's it's not a difficult thing to do on commentary, but talking about why they're doing this, what they're doing in the ring, just helps sell the match as being a match. Well, and it's it's just what you're thinking. That's really simple, but it works. Why why doesn't happen more? Why why? Well, it's kind of one of them things of it's. I think it's lost. You've got so much more to consider nowadays to put to, to get over on screen as yeah. best you can. I mean, to be to be fair, at no point during this evening do JR and Ventura have to put over bloody Doritos <laughs> or fucking hot pockets. Well, we're only or, what a few years away from Slim Jims on the bloody corner yeah, post, aren't we? So it's or, not too yeah, far. Yeah, exactly. Off. Or whoever's whoever's sponsored this, you know, or the latest thing of Rocket League. Um, yeah, but we can't be mean to Rocket League because you know Legion of Boom. Because no, Rocket League's fantastic. Rocket League's fantastic. Um, but yeah, but that, you know they don't have to put over another network special. They don't have to do. You know they, they can mm. concentrate purely on the yeah, wrestling, which Ventura does, and you know yeah, it just makes exactly. that seem more intense. And it's like yes, yeah, 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 it's really good. Yes, um, I mean, the match isn't that long though, is it? I don't think there's. It's a It's seven minutes again. Is it? Oh, I've only got about yeah, three notes in this one. Look, no, 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 no. It's about seven minutes. Uh, we get more slaps. Uh, Bagwell takes control with an Irish whip, and then Bagwell with a snap suplex. Um, bear with me while I turn the page. Isn't there like a suggestion both of them go over the top rope, and it's like a suggestion of a DQ because it's that kind of era where going over the top rope could be a disqualification because oh, stupidity. Was that not a Bill Watts thing? Yeah, yeah you can't I go over the Bill top Watts rope. Bill Watts band moves over the top rope. Yeah. I seem to remember a lot of that happening. Yeah. Um, but I think because both of them go over, it's not a disqualification, but they have to point it out in case people yeah. go, oh, it shouldn't have been a disqualification. Exactly, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, uh, both men go over the top. Flamingo has to adjust his run as the ring is smaller. I get, I'm, I'm still convinced during this, the ring's yeah. smaller because he, he obviously reduces his stride. Um, Bagwell running elbow. Bagwell with an awful fisherman suplex, but Flamingo gets to the ropes. And Bagwell would roll up for two. Flamingo reverses it and grabs his tights for three. Good heel finish. Good, good heel finish. finish. And then gets the fuck out of Dodge. Yep. <laughs> um, which is, is sick. Again, it's not a terrible match. You don't look at it and think, God, this was out of shit. It's two young guys. Yeah. Give them a you know, bit, of, bit of space on a pay-per-view. Uh, it's, it's fairly decent, I reckon. Yeah. I quite enjoyed it, really, to be honest. Pretty. There's been nothing so far in the night's events that has been phenomenally blowing my mind away. Well, that's that's clearly coming because they're saving it for the next pay per view, Beach Blast. Exactly, which I believe they describe as totally beaching. They totally beaching, totally yeah. beaching, wicked, and other nineties phrase, cowabunga. Yeah. Um. Yeah. 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 
Yeah. Yeah. yeah um, awesome. How about now we have JR and Jesse uh, with some highlights? Of, is it like uh, a match and Junkyard Dog comes down to the ring to intervene in some match? Junkyard Dog wearing a suit, which just seems wrong to me. I don't know why. Um, it does a little bit, yeah. But a Junkyard Dog wearing like a really sharp suit. It's like, no. Um, no, you should be wearing like, where's the dog chain and stuff and things that I remember you were having in WWF for a short period. Possibly, yeah. Yeah. I thought Mr. Hughes used the wore the suit. Well, Mr. Speaking of Mr. Hughes, you say great. This is this is the beef match, isn't it? There's a lot of beef in this match. There is a bit, yeah. There's a bit of uh, there's a there's a yeah. But it's huge beef. Cactus Jack, a bit beefy. Uh, versus Ron Simmons, beef. Yep. JYD beef. This was supposed to be a tag match. Supposed to be, but supposed to be, but ju- does not end being, Cactus being Jack a tag match. Jumps. JYD uh, on the ramp. They they do yeah they just wait by the ramp and then just jump him. Seems you know which one of the pals having a tall ramp I guess I suppose. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, they just literally just kind of hide behind the ramp and then ooh yeah yeah yeah. So it ends up being mainly Ron Simmons versus Mister Hughes. Like, is, is, is Jack stay out there? I can't remember. Does he stay at like ringside? Yeah, he sticks around at ringside. Yeah, just. Because there's there's the whole question that JR and Ventura aren't really sure if it's going to be a handicap match. I think the ref just books the matches as singles. Like I think yeah, the ref just waves it on as a singles, and as soon as Cactus Jack stays outside, that's it. Yeah. So it ends up it's officially listed as a singles match between Ron Simmons and Mr. Yeah. Hughes. Ron Simmons is wearing a headband. That's not a million of miles away from his Farukat. Mm, it's a little bit. It's heading that way. His, he's it's a little bit far off his blue helmet. Yeah, but it's kind but of pointing when, the pointing where he's, he's going to end up at some point. I think. When Sonny was going to manage him for all of about a month. Yeah, because that seems like a good idea. Because she was after a gladiator. Yeah. 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 Anyway, uh, Cactus Jack just wanders off. Um, <laughs> only to I attack. assume just to hit somebody with wood or something, I don't know. Probably, just, just to go and batter someone, really. Yeah. Um, Cactus is screeching, Ron Simmons! Ron Simmons, get out! Ron Simmons! Why isn't the referee ringing the bell? And they put down here. Is Cactus being a manager? I'm not sure. Cactus manager. <laughs> no, I'm not sure either. Um, and then, as I say, the commentary's not sure because Ventura's like, "Is this going to be one on one?" Hughes takes. Control. I love how yeah, Ventura's like again. He's just like annoyed. Like, what's going on? This... Yeah, Ventura's like properly kind of like going, "Well, what's going on here?" Um, <laughs> Can someone explain it to me, please? Yeah, uh, Hughes takes control. Simmons is a, with a really fast hip toss. Uh, Hughes misses the rope splash and I've put down here Simmons three point stance to the knee for three he just yeah. literally chops his knee yeah chop locks his knee and, and that's it that's it it's like okay yeah and, and it I've seems like, like it seems like they're making a really big deal about being drinking your dog back and it's just like completely gazumped yes you know what I mean like this is like this is one of the few times that they show like you know highlights of a previous show which is you know mm-hmm. the return of drinking our dog and he doesn't even make it. It's not even like, was it the guy, Buddy Lee, whatever it was last week, that crawled down the ramp across an entire ring yes. to get into his match before he, you know, was beat up for the finish. It's not even that. He just, like, has bad ribs and he's gone. Yeah, pretty much. Like I did GYD. say that they're selling an elbow drop as absolutely deadly. Which, you know... What in Big Crowley's traditional kind of elbow drops off tall ramp onto someone, wasn't off it? Off tall thing onto, onto somebody off else. Off tall thing onto prone opponent. Yeah, yeah. which he will... Probably those are not the ones that Mick Foley, when he went for surgery on his hip, was always like sort of said that those were the spots that all these old guys yeah. were saying if you carry on doing those, you're not going to be walking. He saved those up for a long time. 
Yeah, and that was it. And uh, yeah, that's the reason why he had the hip surgery about three or four months ago. Yeah. So yeah, oh, you know. But, but, but go. we've got to move on to the glamour match next. It's an absolute corker of a glamour match, Phil. Here we go. <sighs> Todd Champion. Yeah. From the from uh, who I quote from the WCW Special Forces. Yeah. <laughs> like what? What? <laughs> it's, what? <laughs> It's not quite as daft as Web City with Just a rack, there. Man. but you're kind of thinking, "What is he? Are these the special forces that Jesse Ventura led into Vietnam?" Yeah, Todd Champion. Possibly Todd Champion was there, and it's like, oh, "I remember now, man. I remember now. I was head. I want it. Good. That's why I'm called Champion. Yep. I won the Vietnam. I won the Vietnam, man. But who? Who could be the caliber Ooh. of an enemy to defeat Ooh. Todd Champion? Who? 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 Super Invader. Yes. He's easy he, he, now. From? He's from Japan, yeah. No, he's from Bangkok. That's Thailand. it. He's from. He's, he's. But he's from the Orient. He is. He so is. I can only assume that under the mask must be some kind of you know import from so Japan. Import from Japan. Yeah, yeah. You think that? Or would be you know maybe Hawaii at a push. But basically, somebody looks foreign. Yeah. Hercules. 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 <laughs> When some mask on the Super Invader, basically it's just like covers his entire face. Yep. And like tracksuit bottoms near enough. At least I would suggest he's at least covering his whole ass. Yes. <laughs> to be fair. As Hercules has had problems in the past. We've had issues with Hercules. With trunks, trunks are somewhat small. Trunks are a little bit, little bit up there. But these, yeah. you know, we're all covered. Yes. A little bit too far with the face, but you know, I guess you've got to go with what you, you, you can't, like, you know, have any kind of like part of him visible because they'll go, wait a second, you're not from Bangkok, you're Hercules. No, it's a bit kind of like the idea of some like American fella pretending to be from the Orient. I think, to be honest, it's what did Albert in when he was Lord Tenzai. Yeah, a little bit. It was blatantly like, you're not, like, you're not Japanese. It made sense a little bit because obviously he had, you know, he was in, you know, great, was it Great Bernard in New Japan? He was uh, Giant Bernard. Giant Bernard, in, which, you know. Japan, yeah. So having come back as some kind of like crazy Japanese dude kind of made sense. Yeah, I think the idea was that he, would, he, had, he had been in Japan for so long he had immersed himself in the Japanese culture, yeah. I think was the idea. Um, but we, there you go. Yeah, we soon got to sweet tea and all that unpleasantness. Yeah, um, all that stupidness. Harley yes. races with Super Raider, isn't he? Yes, he is. Yeah, because... He's Harley Race's. Uh, that seems like the best he's Harley Race on this, this paper is teaming with the Super Super Invader. Um, and his glove, Super Invader's glove. He's got like a big glove that's like a big kind of like Freddy Krueger thing. Oh yeah, with like kind of spiky fingers that he's constantly for the entire match having to pull up because it looks so awkward to wear. Like he's constantly adjusting it because it looks stupid. Yeah, and, it is a bit. Like he's got this. What is it with? I don't know how to articulate Super Invader, to be honest. <laughs> try. Go on, try. No, I can't. It's just like. You can't, no. Well, A, a you know, why in 1992 are you bringing in Hercules for starters? He would probably be a good worker at the time. Maybe, but then why He's give him bad. this gimmick? Why make I him, don't know. Why make him a Super Invader? He's WCW. I don't know. They must. They must have had an opening for a foreign menace. <laughs> we haven't got anybody this, foreign. 
Hercules sounds foreign. As we'll go into later on, they do have a working relationship with New Japan. Yeah, she makes no sense. So why couldn't they just... And this is actually the match where they're on the outside and Todd Champion gets thrown into the rail and he got, knocks it back a good two rows. Yes. Because there's just yeah. nobody there. And then um, and then Champion manages to, he knocks the headband off the mask so it's just now like a big sock over his face. Yes. And then nearly pulls it off while he's punching him. It's like, oh, Champion, you're not doing very good, are you? No. I think the summary of this match's quality is probably the fact that they start talking about Beach Blast halfway through. Yeah. Watch Beach Blast, baby. Which worries me because I'm sure at some point Ventura starts talking about measurements. Yes, I have watched that beach blast and I know It's a bodybuilding went, thing, isn't it? No. It's the bloody flexathon like we had with flipping Ultra Boy, no, isn't it? No, oh, okay, it's it's enough. it's literally tits. No. <laughs> That's what it is. Literally tits. He starts off the paper there's like a little there's like a little wooden cabana at the top of the ramp. Yeah. And Ventura's there, but he's surrounded by all these... This is like Vietnam. He's, yeah, just, just like in Vietnam. He's surrounded by all these sort of bikini-clad beauties. Of course he is. And it's he that has to make sure that... Wait, is this, is this, the, are, um, is this the political correctness that Bishop was referring to this early is on the, in the show? This is the politically correct 90s, yes. Yeah. That they have these... I think there's about five or six of them that are all just kind of paid to pretend they're playing volleyball or something at the top of the ramp when this little fake set with all little sand around it and all this kind of stuff and um, that's all Ventura's to do is just sit there and just do that. stare at them like, and make sure they're safe and no one takes advantage of them that's his role that's his role I think this conversation kind of illustrates the quality of the match pretty much yeah because we've been talking um, about another pay-per-view yeah Super well, I do want to mention on, on the finish it's yeah. Super Invasion basically Powerbomb's champion Yes. But he does it right on his lower back. He really does. He yeah. really looks like a really nasty way to take that particular power bomb. Yep. It's like, oh, you take it, you know, I'm no wrestler, but I assume you take it like on your shoulders and, you know, so you can get your arms out to kind of take no, it. No, but like any, it's like the first thing you're always taught in any wrestling training is to how to fall back on your shoulders. Yeah. But and he dumps it. You, you don't, don't want know. to be landing on your small your back or your neck. Yeah. I don't know if it's champion, like, you know, not taking the bump right or if it's. Uh, the invader put him down. I can imagine Invader doing it wrong because he can't see fuck all in that helmet. No, he can see fuck all in that helmet. So and I, I think it, that. It, it would be his responsibility to make sure that he's the got right. the grip right and make sure that Champion doesn't land on, on his lower back, which, yeah. Which is weird because, like, you think you, you can imagine that really injuring somebody, but then you see what Shawn Michaels did to get his back injury, and it's like the thing in comparison. Oh, yeah, the Shawn Michaels casket one was literally. It's so weird, isn't it? <clears throat> he like carries on with that match. Apparently it was like um, it's a bit of a sidetrack in here, but apparently the it took him two days for that to have any effect on him. It's weird, isn't it? So between that put him up so long, yeah. But you want it to be like something kind of ridiculous. Here's here's the thing that you know my my wife's a nurse. Oh, here we go. A nurse. <laughs> here we go. And yeah, and when she when I told her that, she was like, she instantly, having known nothing about Shawn Michaels, I know nothing about the history of the entire thing, went. How high off his face was he on painkillers at the time? And I was like, <laughs> funny you should mention that. <laughs> you should mention that. Um, An awful lot. <laughs> because he, she's like, yeah, the only way he would not notice a disc rupturing yeah. would be if he was off his face yeah. on massive amounts of painkillers. Not quite like, you know, the Patriot level kind of yeah. level painkillers, but not far off, I would have thought. <laughs> yeah, and they just happened to wear off at that time. Yeah. Because he does say that he woke up in the morning at his house. Two days later, and couldn't get out of bed. Get out of bed. 
because he was just crippled. Speaking of waking up and realizing that you're in a lot of pain, Big Josh versus Richard Morton next. Yeah, or, yeah, Richard Morton, not Ricky Morton. Richard, no, Richard Morton because he's, um, he's a heel because he's got a, a long name now. Like, he's a heel because he's got a mullet. I don't, I don't know. Uh, but uh, Big Josh comes out with a two by four. I wonder where he got that idea from. I have no idea. I just put here. Big Josh looks like a right tool. <laughs> um, he's a lumberjack and he's okay. This is such uh, a shame because we talked about Big Josh last time. We did. Big Josh being doing the clown. Yes, and like you know, he can wrestle. He can actually probably yeah, wrestle. What, what was the King of the Ring where he wrestled as Doink against Bret Hart? Um, we did that. King. We did that. It was one where like Lorda came out and he couldn't because he's in the car crash. So he had he, his court oh, to came out for the match. Ninety uh, four. Yeah, we did that one, didn't we? But like that match, him with Bret Hart, that was an absolute corker of a match. It was really good. Yeah, and he he had a lot of he could go. He could really work. He could totally really work. But no, was like, good. and I think with the, with the Doink gimmick, yeah, I think he had a good shot at that. But they, you know, I don't, I can't remember if he left because of he had issues with drinking and stuff. I can't remember. Or if it was when they turned Doink face, which just was just a bad, ruined it, ruined it <clears throat> yeah. whole thing. But I'm like here, it's not a good gimmick. But you can still see, you know, Ricky Morton's sorry, Richard Morton's like not a bad worker. Probably you know more tight. Oh no, 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 face. yeah, Morton's amazing. So the two of them, they were again another good decent match. It's indecent. You had a lot of people in the sort of hundred card at WCW at this point in time. Yeah, who could have a decent enough match? Yeah, and I mean, I mean, we can lose the log roll move that he's got. That doesn't. Really yeah, that's just ridiculous. That's stupid. Stupid. Yeah, but yeah. he's a lumberjack. That's why he's got to do a log roll, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I do like it. At some point in the match, like Morton decides he hates flannel shirts. And he yes, starts and trying to get it. his shirt off. Yeah, and just rips it. It's like um, We do get commentary saying there's no, there's not traditional footwear uh, that was approved by WCW. Because again, Ventura doesn't um, like it. Morton rips off um, Big Josh's shirt. Uh, I've put here for a big guy, Josh could wrestle. Oh, yeah. Uh, Morton tries a monkey flip, but Josh just stomps on him. I've written uh, down, I can't remember who does it, but I've got awesome looking forearm hit. I think that was Big Josh. I've got it here. It was. Josh is a huge belly to belly. Um, Josh with an underhook suplex. Uh, and Josh with an inverted atomic drop as Morton comes off the rope. Axe handle. And then a northern exposure for the winning three, yeah. which... Appears to be a sort of variant of what will become Doink's whoopee cushion. Yeah. And then it just seems to be just sit on him. And also, like, the um, Northern Exposure sounds slightly rude as well, doesn't it, as well? It does sound slightly rude. Slightly you know, rude. I suppose ruder would be Southern Exposure. <laughs> Either way. Either way, oh, yes. You know what? I got so drunk last night, I had a bit of Northern Exposure. <laughs> hey! Hey! Bit of blue, eh? Bit of blue? Yeah. Oh, something for the weekend, <laughs> sir. For the weekend, sir. <laughs> but yeah, that's, that, that's a match, isn't it? It's, well, again, it's a decent match. I'll have to admit, no, it's kind of been a sort of continual line, this pay-per-view so far. Yeah. It's not, there's been nothing that's been absolutely through the floor terrible, but there's nothing that's made you kind of go, yeah. Jesus, wept, this is good. I mean, Space, uh, Space Invader, Super Invader was pretty close to that point. Yeah. Just by the sheer, just that mask, man, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we get some more highlights from a previous uh, show, highlighting the beef between Flying Brian Pillman and Z-Man. Yes, who they're were pals, a tag team at one stage, yeah, and yeah. were good pals. But and you now, can tell they're a tag team because look at their shirts. Yes. Look at their, look at their shirts. <laughs> boy, oh boy. I know this is an audio podcast, but I'm, I'm going to try and have that as like the header for the uh, Facebook page from yes. the episode drops. 
even though it's got strictly speaking nothing to do with the actual pay per view itself. But boy, oh boy, that's a pair of shirts. It is. It is indeed. That's a a pair of shirts right there, man. Speaking of, I say, this pay-per-view's been in one continual line. I think for this, which is what? This is the last three matches we're on to now? I think so, yeah. Yes. We're fairly rattling through this. Um, This is when this pay-per-view picks up to, yeah, this is good levels. I I remember the Z-Man. I don't think I really kind of watch his matches. I had no idea. I, I think I, I got him confused with somebody else. Yeah, I was going to say, I had to Google who he was. I was like, I'm sure. That I'm, then I remembered I'd, Tom Zenk is a name I've heard. Yeah. But I wouldn't have gone, oh, yeah, I remember watching that Tom Zenk match. Z-Man. I had yeah. no idea. No clue. Um, Obviously, Flying Brian is, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who became, you know, who is Brian Pillman, you know. Yeah. It, it could have been, you know, like a game changer oh, if he'd lived. It could have been amazing. It yeah. could have been. Had he not had the accident, had he actually, you know, yeah, not but even died. with the accident, you know, you can you can probably put you know hit the way he was laid a lot of groundwork for the actual era. Or am I well, just talking about my talking about my bits there? No, no, like his no, early no. Free, I he, think his early feud with the, with Austin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which got pulled off here because they actually yeah. pulled the gun. But the way that kind of <laughs> took, you know, it referenced their previous, uh, you know, relationship in a different. Territory because they say they, they referred to themselves as technical partners, didn't they? Yeah. So it kind of you know it didn't just keep it as the the two characters having a thing. It was about those two people having an issue with it going back years. Yeah. You know which kind of you do get it nowadays. Obviously, you know because you got Sami Zayn and Kevin Owens in there, the, the, their history and all that, that kind of stuff. But yeah. especially at the time, you you know you wouldn't go back more than couple of years for feud, certainly not to a different company. No, not at all. So, you know, the work he did with Austin, you know, obviously before it was all cut short, I think a lot of that probably, you know, was the stuff that put the initial rocket under under Austin for a fair while. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It was was a really, I mean, you had that infamous Monday Night Raw segment where he broke into Austin's house. Yeah, yeah, with the gun and all that. With the gun, yeah, and all this kind of jazz. Yeah. Um, I think, and is it, was it not, I can't even remember it's 100% on the air that, was it not Pillman who, yeah, it was, who kind of booked his own release from WCW? I think so. Because he convinced Bischoff that it was all going to be a storyline and he was going to go ECW. Yeah. And he turned up in ECW. And then Bischoff had actually legally released him from his contract for real because Pillman's whole argument was that that would make it even more realistic. Yeah. And then Pillman used that to have leverage to sign his vastly improved WWF contract. <laughs> so Bischoff effectively released him, not really wanting to, but Pillman wanted to leave, so that's how Pillman did it. That is some amazing smarts. Can you imagine <laughs> right. like the political machinations of him and Triple H in the same company? Yeah, oh God, can you imagine that? That would be so fucking funny. But if he, I mean, if he hadn't sadly died, yeah. he would have been an ideal fit for the Attitude Era. Oh, yeah. And you can he see would have been here, such a good addition. You know, he's much more of a, like a straight-laced babyface kind of character. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, a bit heelish to him, like a little bit, but I think that, I don't know if that's him being heelish or me putting it on him because of how I, you know, know Pillman down the line. Yeah. Kind of crazy Pillman. Nice. You know what I mean? If you are, I'm imprinting it on the character as opposed to well, there, but it's tricky, isn't it, when you kind of look at it, looking back on those kind of things. Yeah. But you yeah. can see here, like, how good he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're, and both of these guys are good. Yeah, I mean, I, did, I I must admit, I knew nothing of this match 
I didn't remember it. I must have watched it. Yeah. But at the time, but I don't didn't remember it. Yeah. And I was all set to kind of go, oh, you know, another there, decent but okay match. Yeah, there are occasions where you watch matches for the Conquistadors and you're kind of thinking, God, I wish I could fast forward this. <laughs> Why am I wasting my life watching this? Oh, because I've got to because we're doing a podcast. And oh, I was dear, on the yeah. verge of believing it for this one because I'm thinking, as soon as they lock up, it's just gonna no. It's gonna. I ended up loving this. Yeah, this was a really good yeah. 15 minute match. I lo- I loved this match. Yeah. It was really good. There's some great commentary bomb. Um... Ventura as well because I think because it's essentially they're both um, face characters. Yes. So Ventura's just dying for someone to cheat. Like he really wants well, someone he, to. He he puts the point across that someone will cheat. Yeah. At some stage, and who's it going to be? We may get the cheap shot right here. Nope, not yet. Yeah. Who's who's going to be the one to do that? The entire thing that Ventura has throughout this match, he's like going to go. Someone's going to. Break the eyes, Jim Ross, and it's you know it's who all about who starts it first, and he's right. And did you notice at the start, by the way, the Z Man is scared by his own pyro? Because <laughs> I wonder if they even told him it was there. I, I don't think they did because he visibly jumped out of his skin yeah. when it explodes behind him. He's like, oh. <laughs> wait, I, I I get pyro? What? I, what? <laughs> yeah, I was like, he wasn't expecting that. Not at all. There's a handshake offered at the start, but Z Man shoves it away, which is kind of a, a sort of sign of things to come yeah there's a double drop kick there's a few moments in this match where both guys go for the same move at the same time the idea being that they were on a tag team yeah, together so therefore they're on the same page yeah. they know each other so well uh, both men go for a flying forearm earlier on but it helps ramp up doesn't it because they kind of start off and they kind of get the pace of the match going quite well don't they to kind of build up to a climax do, there's a couple of moments where they kind of it's a bit edgy I mean I say they fuck up Z-Man leapfrogging a running Brian, and they just kind of bump into each other at one stage, um, which looks a bit weird. Mm. Also, for this point in the match, by the way, you'll probably take this and drop it into the podcast. <laughs> I think this will become the new That Damn Test. It's the amount of times that Jesse Ventura says, nose tackle. <laughs> yeah, he loves his football. Nose tackle! He was a uh, second-team All-American nose tackle, believe it or not. Oh! About 20 pounds heavier than he is now. I mentioned before the year he was the second-team All-American nose tackle. The first-team nose tackle. tackle. Yeah, was Pillman played nose tackle. Second-team All-American nose tackle. Up in Minnesota, our nose tackles usually weigh 250. Very, very quick nose tackle. Head scissors applied. I don't watch American football. I have no fucking idea what he's no talking clue. about. Z Man gets two close pinfalls, but uh, you know, say Pillman slaps him on the way back up. So that's the first kind of sign yeah. of them breaking. You know, they're starting to basically, you know, take cut it's corners. To break down now, isn't it? Yep. Starting to get a little bit dicey. Uh, Pillman starts to work Z Man's leg. Um, Z Man, lovely looking suplex. Um, Z Man goes for a splash at the top rope. Pillman gets his knees up. There's a Z Man Inzaguri for two. Z Man bashes his knee in the corner. Pillman goes to the figure four. As they, when they're locked in the figure four, they just slap each other senseless. Yeah. They're both just sitting there in a figure four. Z Man's screaming in pain, but Pillman's just slapping him across slapping the face. Him. Why not? It's just great. What about the slapping um, tonight? There's a lot of slaps going on. Uh, there's a Z Man power slam for two, um, a Pillman crucifix pin for two. Um, the crowd are popping into it by this stage, well, aren't they? They're oh, like yeah, really, they really sucked him in. So nicely, this match. It's about 15 minutes, if I remember right, this yeah. match. And it's really bloody good. They collide in mid-air again because they go for the same um, crossbody again. Um, Pillman gets flipped up in mid-air and Z-Man just kind of drops him. Um, Z-Man can't stand. Pillman goes up top. 
Uh, Z-Man kicks him, but the pinfall's broken on the ropes. And then Z-Man goes up to the top rope again, but crashes off it. And then Pillman pins him for three on that. Mm. And Pillman Ooh. wins. I think in about 15 and a half minutes, cracking, if I remember. Cracking little match. It's really, really good for the light heavyweight championship. But again, um, it's like that the, the WWE thing, like the undercard uh, light heavyweight matches, just, you know, yeah, um, it's, knocking out the park. Oh, yeah. It's, and they haven't uh, got like, you know, Guerrero and Jericho and uh, Mysterio and all those kind of guys yet, but it's it's that kind of vibe, still, isn't it? That kind of vibe of. Yeah, yeah. It's a really, really top quality match, this. Yeah. I really loved it. I thought it was yeah. great. I think it was probably more so that it was a surprise for me. Yeah, it came out of nowhere. Like I say, I was like kind of going, oh, yeah, this isn't going to be great. Is it? Well, these two are kind of mm, mid-carders. Whoever's, yeah. No, it was properly good. There's a lot of effort from both of them. And, you know, I was quite surprised. Uh, pleasantly so. Yeah, speaking of uh, pleasantly surprised, it's the Beach Blast advert again. Yeah, because yeah, you can watch it. Jesse Ventura do chest measurements. Yeah. But now things are bonkers because we've got another tag team match. We have. Which is the, the Steiners. Versus, I can't read my handwriting for the guy's names from Japan. Tatsumi Fujinami and Takayuki Izuka. Those guys. I think. For the, uh, for the number one contender for the it's... IWGP heavyweight tag team yep. belts. The number one contender for the IWGP tag team So the Steiners are the WCW champs, yeah? Yeah. Best tag team in the world. Yeah. Um, I, I checked at this point the WWE tag team champs for Money Inc., so that's probably a fair point. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Point. Really? Um, was it Money Inc? Yeah, Money Inc was the tag champs. Oh, yeah. Christ. That was, How uh, long was it? Because it's not going to be too long until the Steiners turn up in. Oof. Within a year? I would have thought. Oh, yeah. Well, they were at WrestleMania 9, weren't they? Yeah. 1993. So, yeah. yeah, it's less than a year until they yeah. leave, temporarily, anyway. A uh, bit of diversity pyro, a uh, derisory pyro for the boys from Japan. Yes. I think it just kind of goes, and that's it. That's the pyro. Yeah. Just, yeah that's uh, it. Crowd loves the Steiner again. Oh, oh yeah, they love a Steiner, don't they? Oh, they do love a fucking Steiner. Yeah, really bloody good. And then Jesse Ventura, I think last match he was talking about uh, lots of football references. Now it's car companies. Now what's located in Michigan? The big three automakers, and we all know what's located in Japan: Nissan and Toyota, and Mazda, and all those car companies that are causing our workers to go out of business. Ford versus uh, Toyota. Toyota. Uh, General Motors versus you he know, does whatever. He does get a little bit Donald Trump half a little bit, doesn't he? A little bit. He's there kind of going, That's all the Japanese car companies coming over here and making you know, against good American cars like Corvettes. Yeah. Like, well, okay. Ford. Uh, I think he's having like flashbacks to Vietnam, so he's just going off on one. He's just going off on one. Yeah, he remembers sort of nearly dying underneath the flag. Yeah. yeah. Never mind. Anyway. Um, I've written a whole bundle of notes for this match. <laughs> it's, but to be it, honest, there's a couple of points where it gets very Japanese. As in, yeah. like, there's a bit where yeah. Scott Steiner just kind of like, I think he's got Fujinami and just kind of like falls backward and just lands him on his head. Yep. And then does the same thing to Azuka. Just, yep. just dumps him on his head because, you know, that's, that's how you do it in Japan, isn't it? Oh, you do it, yeah. And you do it. I mean, they're not going to sell anything that doesn't fucking properly hurt. Yeah. But so, what about the mid-air belly-to-belly spot? That is really good. It looks like the, Jap- the Japanese fellas are going for a, is it a doomsday device? Yes. And Steiner just oh. catches him in mid-air. And yeah, and instead just belly-to-bellies him belly, off belly, the other belly. guy's shoulders. Which I don't think I've seen that spot since. Nope. I, I can imagine know. why, because, it's... Jesus Christ, if you mess that up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it looks 
bloody good. It looks cracking, doesn't it? Yeah. It's, oh, man. Yeah. I mean, you've basically got the kind of like ground map based wrestling of the Steiners. Yeah. Versus the hard-hitting style of the Japanese guys. Yeah. Although I think at some point, it I think Steiner, so I don't know if he's trying to stamp his authority in the match, but he basically just smashes Izuka in the face. Yeah. I think he just lands in his head to me after a move. And like, it, it looks like he's broken his nose, and Izuka looks yeah. mildly concussed for the rest of the match. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's probably bleeding and trying to clear the blood off his face. Continually. And you can see Fujinami trying to protect him to keep him out of the ring as much as possible after that. Yeah. Because I think they realise he is genuinely like properly messed up. Yeah, he's properly like the the stars are circling his head. Yeah, <laughs> there I are mean, tweeting birds. And you know, I know you know in this era, people you know, like, especially like what happened to Shibata and all that. Oh yeah, you know the fact that Izuka manages to get through the rest of the match. Yeah, and actually kind of comes out and has a good you know few moves for himself, and actually you know doesn't just stand on the ring apron; he partakes the rest of it. And I, I assume you know hits all the rest of his spots the rest of the match. Fair play to him for getting through it. Mm, yeah, it's it, the, the. I think they're very lucky with the tag match because it was a singles and he'd been. They would have to. He'd have been rocked it. completely. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, just had to finish it. But even like you know, a good going. five minutes after the after he gets hit, he's still trying to shake his head and clear his clear the cobwebs, isn't he? He's just properly bell rung enough after that. Yep, yep, and but they do get a Steiner that's... screwdriver in as well. Yeah, <laughs> which is just amazing. You know, it's just really, really bloody good. Yeah, and I think it's like it's only like towards the end we get a USA champ, which was quite disappointing. Well. You say disappointing. Because you mad Hacksaw would have started that before he'd even got kicked. Oh, Hacksaw would have started at the top of the ramp. Top of the ramp? As soon as he got out yeah, there. Went, USA. <laughs> That's when he started a USA chant. Not you know, towards the end of the match when you got two Japanese boys in there. No, not at all. Yeah. Not at all. This is... I just I just love this match as well. Yeah. This is really good. As you say, it's a lot of Japanese hard-hitting style, which not a lot of American fans would have been able to see at oh, the no. time. But I think it's quite... You know, you, you can kind of see the, the, the tightening for the... Um, New Japan guys, uh, Fujinami's like the squirrely veteran. He kind of knows how to work. Yeah, and Azuka's a bit more of the young lion. You know, just got a bit, a bit more robust. I think he's still actually wrestling. I double checked. I think he's in the um, Suzuki Gun stable. Is he? Yeah, I'm sure it was because he went across when Suzuki Gun. Um, they invaded. Was it Paris and Noah? Uh-huh. Uh, he was in part of that. So yeah, he's he's still going for New Japan at the moment. So obviously, you know, he's now the squirrely veteran. Why me? Yeah, but he's still going. Oh, no. yeah. But Fujinami, you can just tell how classy he is. But yeah, I'm just looking at them here on uh, on the old internet. Oh yeah, Christ. Yeah, still going. Still going. Yeah. Jesus Even Christ after getting that smash in the face from Rick Steiner, you know, you're still going, you know, twenty odd years later. Yeah, there you go, Suzuki gun, yeah, two thousand fourteen to the present. Yeah, I told you. Man. Were you questioning my research for this podcast? I wasn't questioning your research for the podcast. I'm just reading it up on myself. I was like, wow, yeah, you're right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, and then we get another top rope belly to belly to finish. We do, yeah. I say uh, Rick top rope uh, belly to belly for three. Yeah, and, and it's it, just they become amazing. the one contenders for the WGP belt, which I don't know if they want it or not. After that, I'm not sure. But yeah, yeah. that'll be for we'll, another show. We'll never know. Well, ne- well, we could know if we Google it now, but no, um, you, you just have to put because we got to move on. Did Brothers ever hold the IWGP tag belt? They did. See if there's one around about 1992. I assume they did. Uh, they had a lot of belts, didn't they? They probably would have, yeah, I would imagine so. They would, would have got it at some point. Um, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that's a pretty solid tag team match yeah. to lead into your main event. <laughs> into main event, which... Uh, Racking. Onto the war games, which... Uh, this this will be in the, the audio tracks. When, uh, Jesse's talking about the, uh, the war game rules. What happens in the war games, you've got the minute intervals or whatever they are where each contestant, each team can get an advantage... 
or whatever they are. I've written exactly the same thing down here. Yeah, I just wrote exactly the same thing. I've got it written here. The minute interviews, or whatever they are. Whatever yeah. they are. It's like, oh, great. Jesse's really just not well felt about Jesse. the rules explanations. I've put here that WCW do a fantastic job hyping this. Oh, they do? This is... Like, they get the ring announcer in there, and he's like... We are ready for the feature confrontation of Wrestle War 92, involving 10 in World Championship Wrestling. So I say to everyone, let the war games begin! Fireworks, it's guitars just, for the cells. Yep, it's Sorry, like something... The cage, not the cell. Also, what I love about it, it's portrayed as a proper contest. Yeah. It's not portrayed as a kind of performance or anything like that, or that the, there is a genuine look of danger about this match. Well, is that because the cage is so poorly constructed? I think that's part of it. It <laughs> looks like the whole thing collapsed. <laughs> it's a ramshackle, point. man. Yeah, the, the, this roof is sagging. We'll come to that in a bit as well. We'll yeah. come to that later on. The ring apron by this time is like you can see the lines where the canvas has been laid down in strips yeah kind of thing but it doesn't really matter because it's about to be torn to shreds anyway <laughs> literally torn to shreds yeah it is bloody incredible but my, my issue with the war games match is there's 10 man match in like 10 man in a cell match in a cage mm-hmm. match even why is it submission only for the finish because it's like an I quit match. You have to actually physically get someone to give up. Yeah, it just seems, it just seems weird. I mean, it's, it's uh, what do they say? Submit or surrender. Well, you yeah. Know, it's not, you know, submit or surrender, which, you know, same thing, essentially, is it? But, you know. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of the same. I know, thing. it just seems like, because a submission, I always find like a submission is like a uh, finish. Not. Unless you're doing like an I quit match, where it's a bit more of a thing, but like, it's always a bit more of like, it doesn't have like the crescendo of like a three count finish. No, I and this mean, feels but... like you know like you, you, your big end of feud. You know you got your squid, uh, Sting Squadron versus the Dangerous Alliance. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's been building this up for years. It's a very big thing, and it ends on the submission. But you want that kind of one, two, three <laughs> finish. But I think it. it's more the point of the fact that as far as story goes, and spoilers, someone in the Dangerous Alliance has to quit. Yeah. So you kind of have you've lost because one member of your team couldn't take it. Yeah. And as a result of it, the other four guys have lost as well. But it's you that's quit. I know the other point that Hal made about this when we were in work discussing this one day is the fact that he was like, well, surely it's a bit weird how obviously we're, we're in the realm of wrestling before tap outs were a thing. Yeah. Before you could visibly tap the mat and that's you giving up. Yeah. So you had to say to the referee, I, I quit. quit. Yeah, yeah. Or uncle or whatever the hell it is. And he says, what if you've got them trapped in the middle of one ring and the referee's on the end? There's no referee in the satchel Yeah, they're all cell. on the outside, aren't they? They're on the outside. Could they actually hear them? But my response to that is, I think Jesse Ventura actually kind of references that at one stage. Ross, with all this craziness in the ring... How does the referee hear who submits? I don't know, man. It's going to be hard. 
because Ricky Steamboat's got Rick Rude in a Boston Crab in the middle of one ring. And Ventura does say, why is he doing that in the middle of the ring? The referees won't be able to hear him but if he taps. If he why should, but, but, but why should we have to consider that? Yes, exactly. Why should we be here thinking they should be saying it to the end of the ring so can see him? Why? 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 Yeah. Why? Exactly. But I still maintain that this is one of the best laid out gimmick matches. Lay it out for me. What are the rules for said? I mean, we've got, is... we, we get three pages of text on the screen to explain the rules. Oh, it doesn't need all that. It's just because <laughs> it's basically right. There's two rings, uh, a cage is kind of like a hell in a cell, is over the top of the two cages. It's two teams of five. Um, there's an opening period of five minutes where, where one team. First team member to submit loses, you know, they lose. That's pretty much it. It's not anything greatly complex. There's no like eliminations from ring one and ring two. There's no like, oh, you've got to be thrown over the top rope, you got this, either. That's it. That's yeah, it. Clunky. Like you say, what, yes. coin toss. And everyone's kind of stood by ringside a little bit, you know, awkwardly. Yeah, but it's it's like a proper, like when the Dangerous Alliance comes out of the ring. You've got Paul Heyman, the genius of the man that he is, who is behaving like a football coach. Yeah, he's got like a spreadsheet out, isn't he's he? He's got like a spreadsheet out. out he's, he, he might be talking absolute clap. He's asking Rick Rude what B he wants later, I expect. Yeah, pretty much. And he might have nothing written on the pad whatsoever. But it seems like they've got like a game plan. Right, if we go first, we send you yeah, next. They go, if they send him, then we're going to do him. Yeah, exactly. It's like, if they get the advantage, then we do this, and we go over this this, se- this sector of the ring, and we yeah. block off this and block off that, and then they're actually discussing proper tactics for it. Yeah. And you've got the, all the dangerous lines are gathered around, kind of nodding sagely, going, "Yep, uh huh, uh huh, yep, yep, yep." Yes, and then Stink Squadron on the other side of the cell, just sort of looking at the crowd. Yeah, basically, kind of like riffing on the crowd, and it's it looks well, amazing. Sting Squadron being. Well, Sting. Yeah, really. I was probably to go the teams, yeah. Uh, Sting, uh, Barry Windham, Dustin, the natural of Dustin Rhodes, Ricky Dragon Steamboat, and Nikita Koloff. Nikita Koloff, yeah. Um, uh, Dangerous Alliance, uh, Stunning Steve Austin, Rick Rude, Arn Anderson, Bobby Eaton, and Larry Zabisco. Zabisco, yes. Um, your alliances. It's just amazing. And Medusa's out with the Dangerous Alliance as well, isn't she? Medusa is out with the Dangerous yeah, Alliance, yeah. as she always was. Um, so, yeah. Uh, Austin starts with Barry Windham. Yeah. Um, they absolutely brawl to hell. Um, yeah. Have, the ring looks ropey as fuck. <laughs> um, and they get killer pretty quick, don't they? Is it even before the first person leaves? They get yeah, some I think Austin, in there? Austin bleeds pretty much within two minutes. Yeah. Because you've got that wonderful thing where um, they're right up in the camera in the corner. And Barry Windham is grabbing on Austin's head and starts biting him, and then looks in the camera whilst holding Austin and goes and says something along the lines of "There's a picture for your mama back home," <laughs> and then just punches him in the face. That's what you do, isn't it? Yep, that's, that's you what do. you do. Uh, Windham gets a huge DDT, and Austin flying clothesline across both sets of ropes because <laughs> he runs off one end of the cell and then just jumps across both of the Straight two over, ropes yeah. side, side that meets the other side of the other ring. And jumps over both of them. Um, 
Austin face first into the chain mate, the chain of the fence, and then grated against it. Austin's busted open. Uh, Wyndham bites Austin right in front of the camera. Uh, postcard from Mama. I'll put it down there. Yep, that's the one. Postcard from Mama. Uh, the Dangerous Alliance win the toss. Of course they should. And yeah, then like, Rick... Literally, why would you do it any other way? Yeah, why would the faces get the advantage? It just wouldn't work. That's kind of the downfall of this. The faces should never get the advantage yeah, because it would yeah. just be stupid. I think that's, um, I think that's the issue of having the coin toss because it highlights the fact that the faces are never going to win. You know what I mean? No, no, no. The faces are no, no never going to win the coin toss. I mean, not the actual you know match. But. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Uh, Rick Rude comes in. He goes straight uh, to Wyndham and um, then just both unload on on him and then Austin joins in. So Wyndham's absolutely getting double teamed throughout for a good two minutes. Um, the all, then it's the uh, Sting Squadron's turn to uh, send someone in. So Steamboat comes in, who goes absolutely friggin' ape shit on everyone. Um, and him, they, they, like, he's a bit, him and Rude, man, don't they just look good wrestling? Oh, they look superb. But the, 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 the um, chemistry between the two of them is there's some big hot feud between the two of them, isn't there? I think built up to this. And my yes. God, like, Rude looks like a million dollars. Steamboat's just cracking. It's proper amazing. You oh, yes, the they had some talent, didn't they? They had some talent. Yeah. This is probably your peak cream of the crop WCW in this match alone. Oh, yeah. yeah. No Vader for some reason. It's Vader that's broken Sting's ribs. Yeah. But there's no sign of Vader in this match. Well, don't quite know. It was know in the Alliance, was he, don't think? It wasn't in the Alliance, but you know, you'd think he maybe would have appeared at some stage. Yeah. Whether he was suspended or he was injured or whatever, I don't know. But anyway. Um, there's a DDT... To Rude by Steamboat, and then another DDT to Austin, and then Steamboat actually grabs the top of the cage and swings across it to drop kick Austin in the middle of the ring. Yeah, that doesn't look. That looks pretty awkward. <laughs> Does look a bit awkward, but it works. Because the roof I'm is surprising. Because the the, the 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 it's quite the. I mean, obvious comparison is the is the Hell in the Cell cage. Yeah, which is a good. Even the original one was like sixteen foot tall, wasn't it? Like it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Taller than the regular uh, cell cage was, or not the regular yeah. cage was. Whereas this is literally like. From the ring, they can almost jump up and touch it, can't they? It's really low. Yeah. So there's like no top rope moves possible at all, except like you say, like they kind of grab onto the top of the cage and swing, and almost look like they're going to bring the roof down with them. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it's going to just crash in on them. Yeah. Um, the best bit about some of the best bits about this match as well is if you notice how when the count goes down, the camera goes to whatever guy is about to enter. And they look like they're champing at the bit. Yeah. Really like, they're ready to go, kind of let's go, go, let's go, go. open the door, open the door, open the door. Because Arn Anderson's in next. <laughs> <laughs> and Arn is the fucking man. <laughs> Arn Anderson, man. Jesus God, he was good, wasn't he? Like, oh, know, yeah. That kind He's of brutal a, stuff he does. Yep. He comes in, DDT to Wyndham. Um, absolutely beautiful spine buster. And let's it face it. It is the best looking spine buster, isn't it? Who does a spine buster better than Arn Anderson? No one. Just the snap uh, he gets when he spins around. It's, it's yeah, just it's phenomenal. a proper twist on it and bang, straight yeah. down. Uh, Rudin Anderson gets steamboat and a double crab. So one like one guy's got a leg each. <laughs> that's a good, that looks good, that does. That's fast. <laughs> yeah. I quite like that. Um, you can probably ask the question, why are they going for submission moves when there's no submission just yet. They're softening them up, aren't they? That's the tactics. Them up, them up, yeah. That's the tactics. Um, Wyndham saves Steamboat from this. Rude gets a beautiful pile driver at this stage to um, Steamboat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Looks amazing. Yeah. Um, and then Rude hauls Steamboat over both sets of ropes. Just throw. <laughs> <laughs> just just I just put their um, Steamboat thrown into the ring, question mark. Yes, mate. Yes. Just launched. 
Um, Dustin comes in uh, for the for Sting Squadron to even up the score. Do you notice at this point he goes to uh, give Austin an atomic drop? And when he does, he smashes Austin's head on the roof of the cage. Yes. Yeah, I saw that, yeah. <laughs> I think he's a little bit overexcited. Yep. Um, he goes after Arn. Um, and then, he... spot of the night, from, as far as I'm concerned, this one is. Yeah. Barry Windham getting Arn Anderson's head between the two rings. Yes, yes. Try to boss and grab him when Arn Anderson's got <laughs> I mean, I mean you can hardly see it, because it's in, in between the two ropes, and it's like really far back in the background of the shot. But he's literally got, he's like holding Arn's legs up, and Arn's just yeah, like, got great. his head between the two rings. It looks amazing. That's what I mean. This is what, I mean, they're, they're taking, this environment they're in is dangerous. Yeah, there's literally And like, it's portrayed as bloody dangerous. dangerous yeah. And this is like you know you ge- you genuinely are lost in the moment that they're going to go. And someone's going to get proper fucking yeah. hurt here. But like like that's going on. I think in the background there's like Steamboat's got a figure four and rude. And yeah, that's the thing. The issue where it comes down to is like the production around it to get the camera angles and stuff just isn't quite there. You do tend to miss some bits. Kind of like say that you know the, the arm bit that's going to happen in the background and behind that Steamboat's got Rick Rude in a in a, in a figure four leg lock and it's like too much stuff again. Yeah, it's there's a lot going on, but I would argue that when you get chaos. like, yeah, exactly. When you get multi-man matches these days, that are literally just you know, it's like when they put on like the five-way match that they had at Extreme Rules. Yeah, you know, it becomes um, like people kind of cycling in and out of the rings. Yeah, it just becomes like the ma- there's only ever a maximum of like three people in the ring. There's always two or three people outside, basically yeah. waffled and and resting. Uh, because it's like they don't trust you to be able to follow more than two yeah. people. I suppose and the that's... only thing that's kind of comparable, really, then, would be the Royal Rumble, wouldn't it? Because you know, when they when they yeah, fill the ring exactly. up, you do get about you know four or five kind of yeah. things going on at once. But exactly, but the Rumble kind of goes in moments. The Rumble kind of has the advantage of being able to have a clear out. You know, yeah. it's like yeah. if there's like more than if there's eight guys in there then you'll inevitably get someone like Big Show or Braun Strowman who will come in and eliminate fucking five it's, it's of them. kill people. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. You know, you're, you're building up to moments like that. But anyway. It's, it's um, at this stage that um, someone clearly has gone insane on the booking and tells Medusa to climb on top of the cage. Yeah, she takes off her shoes, her high heels. Yeah. And she climbs it. No, Zabistigo comes in for... No, yeah, yeah Zabistigo comes in comes in, yeah. Um, she goes and, up on the roof. And then Medusa climbs with the idea, I think, of dropping Paul Heyman's mobile phone in. Which we all know weighs, which, you know, is comparable to a steel this chair. This being 992 is, is like a brick. Yeah, literally, it's, it's got like a literal brick inside it. Yeah. Uh, so she's uh, trying to drop the phone up there. So what, what would be a good idea is to have Sting up there as well. Yeah. And I was, were you worried for their safety at this point? I was a little bit worried for the safety. I was also kind of thinking... Did Medusa consider the fact that her dress is quite short? Yeah. And this gives a cameraman an excuse to film right up her skirt. A little bit. It was a bit... Eh. We didn't think this one through, did we? It's like... Oh, yeah, like, you know, cameraman, you can't get a good shot of Steamboat uh, reading a figure four, but you can get that shot, can't he? Oh, yeah, he's, 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 he's right up... Yep, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's well positioned for that one, isn't he? He's Jesus well positioned Christ. down there to obviously catch her just in case she falls. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's a bit awkward for that. Yeah. Really, but never mind. Uh, Sting's in the next, which seems strange. You thought Sting would be last. Mm, which I guess that would be too obvious. Really, that would be a bit obvious, yeah. yeah. Um, I think they're working to the fact that they weren't sure if Kolov was going to be part of the team or not. Yeah, because I guess so they've they got history as a hero, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. It makes sense him holding back. Yeah. But we get to see uh, Sting, like, Gorilla Press slamming Rude into the ceiling of the cage. Yeah, he just literally just keeps lifting him up and batting him off I the cage. 
and then he backdrops Austin to the cage, which looks really nasty. It does. You yep. just got obviously, you know, you hit the cage and you just basically have to slide head first down onto the apron. But there's, yep. no, there's nowhere to go, is there? Oh, no, there's no, literally no, nowhere to go. We don't have nowhere to else to go. Sting um, rakes Arn's face at the cage as well, and everyone seems to end up in one ring. <laughs> yeah, and, and Arn's busted open, Rogue is busted yep. open. Windham's Bruce now got his head in between the rings. His head's yep. down there now. It's obviously that they've kind of gone down the lines of who in this match is willing to blade and who won't. Yeah. <laughs> because everyone who is willing to blade and thinks it's not a problem has done. They already have done by now, haven't they? Yeah. I mean, yeah. Although, to be fair, like if anyone's going a hard way, like, this match is probably that kind of match. Yeah, pretty much. Because you've got all of... that steel for the cage knocking about. Yeah. And then um, uh, Bobby Eaton comes in. Mm-hmm. And then Zabisco and Rude just think, oh, you know what? We'll just start taking the ring apart. We'll just start dismantling shit. When Bobby Eaton is about to enter the ring... And please drop this into the audio of the paper, of the of the show, Phil. Uh, were you picking up on Heyman's motivational tactics for Bobby? No, what did he say? War, war, war! I missed that. And it's hilarious. <laughs> just literally war. Yep. Just literally going, whoa, 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 was What he wanted was Eaton to call back with games. Yep. Whoa, games, whoa, games. <laughs> that would have been the smart thing to do. That would have been the smart thing. Um, yes, yeah, so Bob Eaton comes in and Eaton goes straight after Steamboat. And this is the moment the Zabisco and Rude start to loosen one of the turnbuckles. Yeah, they're not falling around, are they? They're like, it's not like, you know, you get the kind of the, the heel taking off the padding of the turnbuckle to expose, you know, the deadly steel underneath. No. This is actually taking taking the actual turnbuckle out completely. Unscrewing the actual turnbuckle out of the ring post. Collapsing yes. the ropes. I think they strangle somebody of the ropes at one point. They do, yep, they do. They use it. Yeah. And then Kolov comes in because uh, he's the final guy. He goes right after Arn. Um, he no. waffles Arn, and then him and Sting have a bit of a face to face. Arn attacks, but Kolov pushes Sting out of the way, saves him, and say, takes the bullet for Sting. Yeah, which is then basically the confirmation that Kolov is fully on yeah. Sting's squadron. It's a big pop, doesn't it? Yeah, it does get a really big pop. Like, I think a little thing about Nikita Kolov here because it's a name like you kind of hear talked about, but I don't think did he ever come to WWF? He certainly wasn't there for like. The late eighties kind of run, was he? Because uh, the Russians we had with bullshit bits on. in WWE, wasn't they? Yeah, hold on. I've like, got he might his... come over like in the seventies. Nikita Kolov. Hold I'm sure on. Sure, he had some with the Bruno yeah. San Martino back in like the seventies and stuff. Uh, hold on. He it says he retired in nineteen ninety two, so he retired not long after yeah. this. I'm sure. He, uh, I'm Jim sure Crockett, been... WCW. He was in until nineteen eighty nine. And then if we go down here, American Wrestling Association, Universal Wrestling Federation, 89 and 90. Return to WCW, 91 and 92. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, wait there, wait, wait for so He wrestled for the WWF, I guess. I don't think he ever did. No. I'm sure he beat someone. Be Bolov was booked in a program with Rick Crude for the WCW United States Heavyweight Championship. Late 1982, found him feuding with another big man, Big Van Vader who at Halloween Havoc ended Kolov's in-ring career with a stiff clothesline to the head. The blow resulted in a herniated disc in Nikita's neck. Wow. In addition, in addition, to, the, yeah. in addition to the neck surgery, Kolov suffered a hernia while attempting to slam Vader. Oh, shit. Jesus Christ. So that was what? Halloween Havoc 92. That's not even not like... Not um, long after this. Not even going out 
because he wanted to, it's going up because Vader stiffed him by the sound of things. Right, Mark. Vader seems to have properly fucked him over. Yeah. Um, Koloff became a born-again Christian in 1993. Obviously. He runs, now runs a ministry. He runs his he own small wrestling promotion, the Universal Wrestling Alliance, UWA, as an outreach of his ministry. He made a few appearances for NWA TNA in 2003 as a masked man called Mr. Wrestling 4, nice. who attacked, because there was three wasn't enough, Mr. who attacked wrestling. Dusty Rhodes and managed to... He finally unmasked, but ended up helping Rhodes against the sports entertainment extreme stable. Yeah. Oh, some top quality TNA there. So, so he was like around during the kind of big NWA flare of the 80s, by the sound of things. Like the early corporate yeah, 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 yeah. He was, yeah. Yeah, properly. But wow. So, yeah, there you go. He's, yeah. I don't think he ever was in the WWF, but he. Yeah, but, but it's not a name that really kind of like, you say, we had, no. the, we had um, the Bolsheviks, didn't we? So Yeah, I, I kept getting him confused with that. Boris. Um, I can't remember the Bolsheviks' names. God, that's uh, where we need Al, isn't it? Yeah, it's probably where we need Al. Um, oh God, Nikolai Volkov and Boris Zukov. That's the one. Yeah, yeah. Zukov was uh, a name. Jim Harrell. Nice, nice. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, so like, so that moment, I think for me, doesn't really kind of like. It's like, oh, great. But I suppose for the crowd who'd followed Cole for years, and you know, Sting as well. Yeah, 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 exactly. I guess that's what gives you the kind of really big pop. Because this was the story. You know, this is kind of one of the many stories going into this match. And you know, was Kolov going to basically turn on everyone? Yeah, but he didn't. Yeah. And that's didn't. it. I can. He's um, up as as the ring is, you know, dismantled around him. As the ring is now being the, dismantled around them, yeah. I don't know why uh, I've written down here as well that Kulov reminds me of Mojo Rawley. I can see where you're getting that. I think after he t- after he like helps Sting, he just like so he gets really excited and he's like hyping himself up, like the, you know, one of the hype bros. Yeah, I can see what you mean with that. Yeah, and is it this point where um, I think Jesse says, "How do refs here who submits?" Yeah, I think that's it. Which, yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. Hey, play Jesse. It's a little bit late to bring up these kind of points. Yeah, but it's you should have brought this up backstage before the match was being booked. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Not on air while the match is going on. No, but we'll move on. Um, there's a Scorpion Deathlock to Anderson, but Eaton saves. Um, Dustin locks Abisco in a figure four. There's loads of submission moves going on now. Um, Deathlock on double A. Yep. Kolov smacks the bloody mess of Austin into the turnbuckle. <laughs> He's messed up here, isn't he? He is completely messed it's up. It's like WrestleMania 13 level of blood, I think, at this stage for him. It is. Proper gushing. Yeah. Um, Zabisco has the has now fully loosened the turnbuckle screw and holds it in his hand like a kind of baseball bat yeah. ready to use it. I think it. at one point they say um, Bob Eaton's trying to repair the ring. Then he just gets smashed yeah. with it. Yeah. Eaton then um, holds Sting in like a full Nelson. The idea is obviously that Zabisco's going to waffle Sting with this kind of metal end of the turnbuckle. Yeah. Zabisco swings... But Sting ducks and he ends up battering Eaton's shoulder. Um, Sting then just batters Zabisco to get rid of him and then locks um, Eaton in an armbar. And it's that's the armbar on the knackered shoulder having been whacked with a large piece of metal that um, means that Eaton quits. Um, so Sting's squadron have won. But yeah, it's not they've won the best with story. an armbar. They've won but, yeah, with I an know. armbar. You can say that, you know. Oh, I will what, say that. What a crap move to finish with. But there's, a, it, I could understand your point if it was just an arm bar out of nowhere. But it is <laughs> an, an arm, arm bar out of nowhere. <laughs> arm bar out of nowhere. Out of nowhere. Arm, arm bar. bar. <laughs> um, it's Eaton's. It's on the shoulder, which yeah, is, I, it makes sense to the finish and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It flows been, right, but you know, and it, it means that Zabisco is being the one that's 
when you look everyone at, like, surrounds him. The bloody messes that are in the ring. Oh like, yeah, and the thing like like eating some mitts, and then the rest got to go tap on everybody's shoulder. Go, all right, he's, we're finished, boys. Yeah, you stop, stop, stop. What, 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 what? Everyone's like, what? Huh? You, you what? So I think that would have worked better. You get them all in, elimination out. That would have worked better. Elimination, elimination to get him out of the ring. Would have gone, so, on, gone on a lot longer though. Eh. Would you have had them all in at the start? Maybe short the time time for them to come in. Two minutes rather than like oh, two minutes to begin in. Minute after that, a minute after that, yeah, maybe, maybe maybe three beginning, two after that, and then okay. elimination out. That's elimination. I think that builds it. You, <laughs> imagine those you know, Sting there versus those three members of the Dangerous Alliance. What's Sting gonna do? I, well, I suppose yeah. it would, would it would you still had it submission only? No pin. No pinfall as well. Yeah. My problem with that though is that it's so easy to break up a pinfall. Yeah. If you've got like yeah, ten guys in there. You know, it's tricky. It's tricky, but I think it, it doesn't. I think uh, submission doesn't have your big finish. And then, like, but then it's like that thing again. Well, I think last time when Sting won, he's kind of went, "Yeah, I won," and he's got walks out. Like the faces, like, are already pop- they're out the ring before the the heels are. Aren't they? Oh they're yeah, like, yeah. But I think there's, there's more of a story with the heels because it's the dangerous lines possibly breaking up. Yeah, because all of them go, "Is the on?" They're all turning on him. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Um... So yeah, so there's all turn on Sabisco because it's him, his idea to get the uh... to spend five minutes taking the ring apart. Yeah, exactly. To get exactly. It, but... to get the thing out. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's it. But um, yeah, I, I still really love this main event. Yeah, it's a great it's, main event. It's a cracking main event. It's fantastic. Serves its purpose well in the story. Yeah. Um, it does really, really well as a laid out match. And it's presented like a properly dangerous wrestler match. It's not, you know, you don't look at this kind of thinking, oh, what a fantastic performance it's been. Oh, you know, it's all, yeah, it's good. Well, you, know, because, the, you know, people are like literally covered like in effort. blood. Yeah, yeah, people are busted open and hanging by shreds and the ring is completely done destroyed. in destroyed. by the end of it. So, yeah, the, this battleground they've been in is torn apart. But we don't end on the final shot of the battleground. We go, go to Burton Ernie for a final word. <laughs> we do go to Statler and Waldorf, yes. And then we're, we're back over to Jesse and Ross for another final words? Yes, for just final words, yeah. they don't. Just, Why are we still here? I don't know, yeah. There's a lot of kind of hanging around at the end of this, isn't there? Just kind of going, just teaches beating again by saying bikini battle. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, he really, he's just, it's all about, it's just breasts. Yeah. That's all it is. And then end credits to finish. And yeah, yeah I always forget the WCW pay-per-views have the end credits. It's so annoying, isn't it? It's just like on WF ones, it's just literally when it goes, you know, copyright symbol at the bottom yeah, of the screen. Bang, done. Bang, done. Good night. Whereas in WCW, it was like, hey, it's a proper production. Here's That's what you see, like, all... um, is it executive producer Virgil Reynolds? Yep. It'll stick that in there. And you're like, wee. Fantastic, fantastic. It, like, this does work, though, as like the, um, as like the kind of full stop to the Dangerous Alliance, because the Dangerous Alliance kind of effectively breaks up after this, isn't it? It's like that, that thing kind of. I don't think they've got long after no. this. But it's like, you know, um, Bischoff takes over in 94. End of 93, uh, Heyman goes to ECW. So this is like the, the end of like this kind of big... era. Yeah, it's kind of only got another sort of year to... Yeah, a year like this. And then it's like, yeah. Like, really? Hogan comes in. Well, when Hogan comes in 94 when he comes in? 94 Hogan comes yeah, in. So yeah, so Bischoff takes over. Heyman goes to ECW. Yeah, like this is like I think like even though it's, like say this kind of drags on for a little bit, typical WCW style, I suppose. This, mm. this is like the capstone for that era, like that 
era we talked about again last week, where I had that kind of weird nostalgia for that Dangerous Lines era. Yeah. But it goes back to what the start of the nineties into 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 this match. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like, I think like we said, you know, yeah, they lost Flair, but the rest of the, the rest of this roster is still really good. Yeah, there's still some lot of hard workers going on in this like. Yeah, and this this I think you know as a comparison to the lottery, it's most like it's night and day, but like it shows with this good booking and the kind of the people kind of out they get out of the way of the matches a little bit. Mm-hmm. Like it shows that they can have like a really good pay per view. As opposed yeah. to a, a, a pile of shite. Well, yeah. I mean, there, there was some... I think... At this kind of stage of the early 90s, WCW were very much still a product of the regional system. Yeah, yeah. And were still had guys who came up in that regional system and could still work a match. And the sort of fundamentals of a wrestling show were very much there. Yeah. Whereas the WF were much more about the pizzazz and the and the the glamour of everything, you well, know. They, they kind of took their story. eye off the rest of them, so I think they were just focused on like, like characters. Yeah, they were characters. Over. Hence, you had you know in WWF you had like the Warrior, who Ultimate Warrior, who wasn't that great a wrestler. Yeah, but was a fantastic character, and that's why we all remember him as mm. he was. Um, whereas, you know, maybe in WCW, if he'd have gone to WCW, would he have been as effective? Probably not. I don't think they would have been able to get the marketing machine behind him. To... Exactly. Exactly. Obviously, he did eventually turn up in WCW oh, in 1998. We all did. Terrible. Too. Yeah, well, exactly. We've all been uh, members of NWO at some point in our lives. Yeah, well, you know. Um, and it was, you know, for that terrible feud with Hogan. But I think, you know, you've got... It's a slight difference in, in, in styles. And sometimes you, you get some very top quality matches at this kind of era of WCW. Yeah. This is probably before WCW started chasing Hogan in 94 and started chasing that thing, yeah. Just started getting absolutely well, shit. Yeah, you go back a, few, a couple of years, you've got, you know, the Flair Steamboat matches and those kind of things going on. Yeah. So they've always exactly. been able to have the kind of really good matches. They've just not been able to kind of be consistent across the whole card, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Exactly. But obviously the main issue is where, 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 Where's this go on the old? Where's this go in the? Oh, I don't know, really. Um, I forget what the lead table looks like these days. Um, Hold on. Oh, I'll... but before we before we do anything, by the way, I do have a prepared statement from Ewan who can't oh, be. Oh, good lord! Uh, it's come through on my uh, on the on the Trello um, board here, um, which. Um, well, Kev here on Twitter wants you in to start the statement with Trello. Trello, is this thing on? That's why he'll never be a guest in this podcast. Exactly. Christ, with humour like that. Good God. Anyway, uh, Ewan says. Apologies to the millions of fans that tune in for me. My the internet... dozens. And dozens. And dozens. My internet at the moment is like WWE booking broken. Oofed. Here's a few brief words about the pay-per-view. I love Johnny B. Bad. I mean, the man has the bad blaster for crying out loud. That's what an amazingly more over than main... the rest there, yeah? Yeah, yeah, point. yeah, yeah. What an amazingly booked main event. War Games is brutal, bloody, and made sense. That has capital letters and about 17 exclamation marks wow. at the end. 
Shocking in 2017, this is a foreign concept. New Japan, baby. Cameron, <laughs> you have found a WCW show that didn't give me cancer by the end. Well done, sir. End of statement. Wow. So, I've just sent Cameron the link to the PPU leaderboard. Oh, Christ. Hold on. I need to get on here. I can't. Where's the... Hold on. There we go. Right. I should really save this on somewhere, shouldn't I? Yeah. I've kind of landed... What have we got? There's like Royal Rumble 89 and WrestleMania 5, and I'm thinking it's better than those. Um, Right. So what's number? Oh, oh! You've even got like links to the actual audio. Yeah, I'm not messing around with that anymore, oh, pal. Man, you're so good. Right, it's nowhere near SummerSlam 2002. Where is SummerSlam 2002? Oh, um, it's not quite. So, um, King of the Ring 93's at six. I like that pay per view. That's really good. SummerSlam 93. That was the Luger one, wasn't it? Uh, I'm thinking it's above SummerSlam 93. I think it's above SummerSlam 93 as well. I think it's probably a little bit better than Survivor Series 90. Invasion 2001? Is it better than that? Yeah, I enjoyed that. Those last three matches just bump it up completely for me. I would probably stick it. I probably enjoyed it more than ECW's Living Dangerously in 1999. It's not as good as King of the Ring 93, though. I'd stick it in... Between King of the Ring 93 and ECW Living Dangerous in 1999. It's now the seventh best pay per view of all time. It's the seventh best pay per view of all time. It's now the highest WCW pay per view on the list. Yep. By some, it is. By, some, by some margin. By some fucking margin. It's not the highest non WWE pay per view because that's the New Japan Wrestle Kingdom 8 in Tokyo. New Dome. Japan Wrestle Kingdom 8 in Tokyo. Tokyo Dome. Love that man. Dome. Seventh best pay of all time. Who would have thunk it? War Games. Who would have thunk that? War Games, purely because that match is amazing. Yeah. 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 But there you go. Even and with Super got... Invader, it's still that good. Even with Hercules being the Super Invader, it's still good. He does his best to drag it down as best he can, but can't quite drag it down enough. Mm-hmm. It's just incredible. Absolutely incredible. Um, so, yeah, it's at number seven, and there's little Al will probably have a good old moan about that. <laughs> He's not here. Yes, he will. We put it above Royal Rumble at 89. He's going to go with me furious. <laughs> I feel fucking fly off that. Rage. He'll be in, absolutely enraged. But there you go. But no, it's, um, yeah, the last three matches purely make it. It's fairly consistent up until that point. There's nothing on the, that pay per view that you would count as absolutely god awful. Steve <laughs> Super Invader. Well, that's probably, that's probably the worst match that's of the, the night. Low, that's the low point. And even then, it doesn't stick around too long to. Stink the place. It's okay. No, I like it. Hence, I picked it. Stop talking. Okay. All right, next time, uh, we're on to a round table. We are. The best of the best. We are. What is it the best of the best of, though? What are the best of the best thing we're looking for? Because we've done best of the best... Intercontinental uh, Championship matches. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've done the best ever tag team of all time. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Still not happy with that. Um, so what? What's the, what's the best thing we're going to decide upon this time for this next show? The best, the greatest 
What? Were we not going to hark slightly back to our previous podcasting carnations? What, do a cookery one or something? I'm not sure what you're talking were we not were we not going to do a podcast based on the noble art of the wrestling video game this is almost topical being that today is the very release day of the new fire pro wrestling yeah well it's 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 well, released early, early, release ac- steam. early access on steam it still yeah. counts because that's how it works these days it's yep. not quite the, yeah i know what you mean yeah. but yeah but the, video the, games. the kind of early access version of fire pro wrestling world is on steam as of today um so yeah um, we're talk about the best, what we think is the greatest wrestling video game of all I time. I think we're going to bring the greatest wrestling video games into. We're going to settle it for forever. We are going to settle it forever. Yeah, yeah. Um, my um, guess as to what will happen is that you will bring a Japanese game of some kind. Uh, Maybe Al will bring the arcade version of WrestleFest. No, Al's already told me what he's picked. Um, I'll bring something random. No, Al's Al's gonna pick. What do you think Al's gonna pick? Oh, just some WWE WrestleFest. No, that's the WWE one, isn't it? No, no, it's not. It's not. Not to think, think, think. What's genuinely regarded as being the greatest wrestling game of all time? Um, I'm trying to think of WWE video games in the early nineties. You know, it wouldn't be early 90s. It's around about 2000-ish. It would be like Smackdown here comes the pain of the wouldn't it? Like something like that. No, 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 no. N64. Oh, no mercy? Yes. Well, we don't know that for definite, do we? We don't know that for definite, but I'm betting that's what he brings. No, he's going to bring World Rumble for the SNES. That's what he's going to bring. Guaranteed. Oh, that with the constant sound effect of... Ugh, uh, 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 uh. That one. I'm, gonna, I'm determined, because there was an arcade... WWF wrestling game. That's called WrestleFest or something. I'm sure it was called WrestleFest. Yeah. WrestleFest is a game that exists, yes. Yeah, that's what he, he's going to bring that because that's from the 90s and it's got Hulk Hogan in it. Ah, but it doesn't have the memories that No <laughs> Mercy memories, has for him. Memories. Well, I was going to say, whatever you bring is going to uh, win because you're a, a political bastard. What? What are you trying to suggest? You'll you'll be colluding with Alan to get what you want to win. Are you trying to suggest that I will collude with Alan? You did last time. That's how you dealt with the bloody bushwhackers of the greatest tag team of all time. Yes, because they genuinely are. Genuinely not. They are. We've decided it now. Right, the point is, if, if you want to listen to a shambolic, political, disgusting, horrible... Spit in the face of democracy. Listen to the next show, where you'll get Cameron decides what he wants to win, and he'll do whatever no he has one, to do to get. No it to one win. has ever before in their lives described me as a spit against democracy. <laughs> oh, Phil, um, part, part of me is quite proud. <laughs> I remember bloody having my my match, which was the best intercontinental match, chucked to the dogs because yeah. you thought you were right. Because it wasn't the best in the Connell Turtle match. Was the part was the best one. No, it wasn't at all. Anyways, if you want to hear more of this exciting debate... <laughs> yes. Which will be the three of them ganging up and voting for something, and me go, what? We can't have that! Yeah, before we realise that Def Jam Vendetta becomes the greatest wrestling game <laughs> <Yeah>. of all time. <laughs> Def Jam Vendetta. Oh, God. Yeah. Nothing, to do with any, nothing to do with any proper wrestlers. We just want to see Method Man versus Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> That's... 
the greatest match of all time, clearly. It is, yes. Yeah. Well, mind. yeah, listen for that, yeah. and that'd be awesome. We're going to do wrestling video games, harking back to our previous podcasting careers. Yeah. Uh, about um, uh, when we used to podcast about video games. Remember video those games. quality video games? Video when, games. Remember those quality days when we used to do that? That was amazing. Yeah, they were housing days. Uh, innocent days of 2012. Yes. Yeah. Before Gamergate and video games became the worst thing in the world. Yeah, before it was just, uh, it was all just a blight. Yes. And a spit against democracy. Spit against democracy. I've got in the t-shirt as well. I'll write that one down. Yeah, just spit against, yeah, write that one down, yeah. Spit against democracy. That'll be the other pay-per-view. It'll be grand. The first pay-per-view title wave of video you see. <laughs> <laughs> spit, spit against democracy. Who's <laughs> the, the title wave of you see. I love it. That's the that's the dead wrestler pay for you name, isn't it? Tidal Wave Tidal Wave Video C. Tidal Wave Video C, yes, pretty much. Boss Man is perfect for the Intercontinental Belt main event. Boss there you go. Person. Yep, yep, that's the main event. <laughs> that's the main event. Did we not have um I'd love that. That'd be the best. You know, British event. British Bulldog versus Earthquake as well. Why not? <laughs> Why not? That would be amazing as well. <laughs> Tidal Wave Video. <laughs> I need to logo for that. Oh, we stream Jesus it live Christ. on Twitch. Oh, that'd be brilliant. Anyway, listen to that when we record it. Yeah, we're going to probably try and do some... I don't know when the PS4 version of... Uh, I imagine it'll be out as well. Or when the Steam one launches properly, maybe? I don't know. Should be. But, but we're going to try and do we, some... Tidal Wave VDC will be on there, surely. Yeah, yeah, we we need to do Tidal Wave VDC as a Fire Pro pay-per-view. That'll yeah. be just amazing. Yeah, we can commentate on it. Like, set it all good automatically and just commentate on it. Yep, exactly. That'll just be fucking hilarious. <laughs> but anyway, yeah. Be so there's that. Um, so any any feedback on what you think is the best video game? Uh, um, yeah, let just let us know um, and and drop us a line. Uh, bit of a t- tippy tap on Facebook if you wanted to. Bit of a tippy tap on Twitter. Yep, uh, at the is at the Conquistables. At Conquistables. At Conquistables. At, at Conquistables. No, no, the just at Conquistables. No, there's no the just con. Uh, we're consistent Tom. with the branding that's what it is exactly yeah, it's yeah. all good yeah well there you go um I think that's us done yeah I need to wrap up quick for my welcome to him it's not even me podcasting oh god yeah you don't, well don't know the wife yeah I read my son well I don't think he'll be on the podcast but he can't he interrupted us at some point so well I'll be alright it'll be fine it'll be fine it'll be fine yeah so yeah, uh, we'll have more people next time because it'll be a four way as it were all going well, yeah. Fingers crossed, <clears throat> touch wood. Yeah. I think now that Al's had his hissy fit about us doing back-to-back WCW. Yeah, well, we're getting out of WCW now. I don't, you know, I'd like to think whoever picks the next pay-per-view will, after the, the next round uh, table, obviously. What's well, my pick after that? Is it your uh, pick after that? Yeah, I don't think, I don't think we will. No, are we, are we removing ourselves from this era? I, I don't. We have been pretty much stuck we're, in like ninety one, ninety two. We're, but... we're we're very much out of that era, but I'm not quite sure it'll be ah, appreciated okay. where we go in. But we'll find out at the end of next week's show. Next month's no, show. Next, yeah, next month, next week, whenever. Whenever next show, you'll find out what it is. Yeah. Yeah. So bye, Cameron. Bye, Phil. Bye, Ewan. Bye. <laughs> bye, Alan. Bye, I. That's a really good impression to them, man. Are you sure they even exist as people? You just don't do their voices on the podcast? Yeah, that's all I do, actually. They don't exist. It's just me. It's just my imagination. It's just my multiple personality syndrome. Don't split that with Jordi Al instead. Yeah, pretty much. (laughs) Yeah. It's it's like Fight Club. That sounds horrific. Yeah, I know. 
the conquistadors have left the building. And now flying Bryant. That was the Z-Man ground. Wasn't Ron Simmons a nose tackle? Yes, he was. Well, there's your more traditional nose tackle, in my opinion. 